Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another weekly Skill Riders podcast episode. I am your host, 65 Lokes, and this is episode number 175. My guest for this episode is Tim Mary, also known on Instagram as This Guy Making Things, all the way from Wakefield, Massachusetts. Scaled car model builder and also Gumpla Gundam builder. Excited for this one. I want to hear what he has to say about building, switching over to each side. So let's just get right into this. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello. Yo, Tim, how you doing? What's going on, Andrew? How are you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Just chilling out. Excited for this episode, man. You're telling me. Dang. I'm quite, <laughs> just for a hot minute about it. I know, dude. I'm excited because, I mean, not only do you build model cars, but you also dabble into the, the Gundam world, building Gumpla. Oh, big time. That's what got me into all of this. Man, that's so dope. Um, how uh, how did how did that happen? Like, when did when were you exposed to Gundam? I got into it pandemic, like a lot of people say, but it's when I took a new job that was overnight. That's where I am now. I'm a third shift uh, refugee. I don't see nobody for my entire twelve hour gig, and I was going crazy. And uh, my doctor suggested, you know, talk to a therapist. I said, okay. And so one phone call in, and she's like, tell me about yourself. You know, I told her I'm a carpenter, I'm a tinker, I'm a maker, and I got this job where I'm not really doing anything. I'm sitting around for a lot. I said, it sounds like you're really bored. She said, you know what, you ever think about scale modeling? I said, nah, that's for nerds. <laughs> and then, you know, the phone call ended, and I sat back and I took a hard look at myself. Bicycle riding, video game playing, magic card loving, nerd. So I said, wait a minute, what am I doing? And there happened to be a, a hobby shop opened in my town two weeks earlier, uh, the Hobby Bunker. And I strolled in, I spoke to the gentleman, and I said, look, I'm not into military war. Sure, I play video games. I've pulled my trigger too, but I don't know if it's about armor or trucks. But these robots look interesting. And I bought a uh, a unicorn, full destroy HG mode. And brought it to work with myself and started at it. And it, was, it was go from there. Just go. Man, that's crazy. So that, that place had just opened. You're checking it out. And did, over time, did you kind of start meeting a little bit of other people that were into that as well? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, here's the trip. I am a product of... Instagram of YouTube, 100% of what everybody ahead of me has put out there for me to learn from. So when I went in there, I thought I was one of 10 people who were into Gundam. So I went to Instagram and I put myself out there and realized I was one of 10 million people into Gundam. And this world was just exploding in front of me. And I tripped on this guy, Studio G, and he was just building things cutting into them, scribing them, scratch building things and inspired me to say, I, I, I think I can do that. And I started collecting kit after kit so that I could kit bash. I wanted to make my own Gundam. And I did that I successfully. I think I did two full master grade 1100 customs and they kicked my butt. I don't know if anybody who doesn't build Gundam models knows how much goes into custom painting a Gundam. 
versus the car model. Like you, you know, you have your body and your chassis and our intricacies, but a Gundam might have 250 pieces to sort through and paint individually. <laughs> That's exhausting. Yeah. No, and it is. When I discovered car models, it was a relief, let me say. I never thought I'd find, I'd get into cars. I don't know engines. That wasn't I got nervous. I was nervous for 125, 124, let's say. Um until I saw my kit, until until I was in the hobby shops and I saw it speak to me. And it was the uh the 1978 GTI. And it was and it was on from there for me for car models. And I've 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 just been hundred percent on that grind ever since. I think you know you're like my one of my biggest influences. All right, oh man, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a trip. Like seeing, you know, it, it's cool knowing that you've done both. You know, and I mean, you could always go back and and build some more uh, Gundam. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's it's uh, it is quite different. Like, there's a lot of pieces for sure with the Gundam stuff. Well, the bigger thing I would I I I had struggled with was that you get a satisfaction out of snap building a Gundam. You break it all out. You put it all together and you get a result that is to Bandai's credit quite satisfactory. You could put that on yourself in the shelf and say, I made that and put the stickers on it and be hundred percent happy with it. So I, when I approached car modeling, I almost went at it the same way. I started to glue things together and I wanted to have this result that I thought I could bust apart then and paint and quickly realized that is not how you approach car modeling and how to really break it down and understand how you guys do it like what's the most important like what comes first do i paint my interiors do i do my chassis do i do my body and that was the that was the journey that i got on after having built i think i counted before we did this podcast it was 76 gundam models wow less than yeah in less than like eight months (laughs) dude that's intense (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is and it isn't like those were those were therapy moments for me each yeah. one of those times that you spend with that model and you, you put into it and then you, you build it and i put it i put it aside like i think i got a little burnt out when i did a perfect grade a 1160 and i was expecting the moon and like i thought i was gonna be building a rocket ship that you know i could climb inside and go but it was a little disappointed that the intricacies didn't move along with that and i got burnt out and Again, it was the same about the same exact time I bought my first car kit, and then um, Instagram's um, algorithm works in funny ways. I'm up at what time is it now for you? Nine a.m. Nine p.m. Yeah, nine p.m. Mid, mid, yeah, right. So it's midnight for me. So my posts go up at two a.m., three a.m. East Coast time, and my likes and my my feeds were coming from people who are up at that time <laughs> on the on the on the left coast. Wow. And I think that's how I stumbled upon on you, and then I started listening to your podcast, and I stumbled upon Iceman, et cetera, and I realized that, oh, really, there is a, there is a place for somebody who isn't necessarily interested in wiring every part of an engine that maybe is interested in, in you know, doing some interior work or some exterior work or body work, and it's all out there, and I've just been on that journey ever since. Man, I think it's pretty cool of the the person who was telling about, you know, how about what about model building, for like with the therapy. Absolutely. Because I, you know lady. you don't really hear about that. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, and I mean it, it definitely helps a lot. You it, know, there's with, a lot of things with, to take from it. 
I have learned patience. I have learned um, uh, um, scheduling or even um, forethought, like a, a lot of things that I never really would have gained from just what I thought would be a hobby has now turned into something more of a passion for me. I want to see these things through to the end and really stand on my own, I guess. It, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, modeling has been one of those things that it, when you look at it, I, I made that. I achieved that. These are all steps that even my failures, those are my failures. Those are my successes. And each one of my kids as you go on is my triumph. Move on to the next one. And it, it, it wows me each time. Yeah, it, it's like you have that, uh, with each build, you have that opportunity to tell a story as well. You know, like if, let's say you have a relative or a friend come over and they see your workspace and then they get to see everything you've built so far. And, I mean, th they are going to take a liking, obviously, like to, to either something that's like, you know, done nice and everything. But then again, there's going to be some other things that they're going to like, like, oh, I like this one. Cause it's different and then you're gonna like you know like oh man this one i remember messing up on this one you know and you might just tell them you know what i messed up on this one but but it's still it, it gets a story told behind it i feel like nobody sees those mistakes but us yeah. i'm coming to learn that real quick um I, or even all those into those those sweat and tears that you put into flocking the floor or putting a seatbelt in or getting that tiny blue stripe on the, the AC vent. So just so you know that it's hot and cold, like <laughs> you see that, you know it's in there and you build these things. But you mentioned storytelling and that's funny that I didn't know that cars could be my opportunity to do that until the first one I built was, was an homage to my father and my brother. The, the GTI was the first car that I fell in love with. My dad bought my, my, my older brother a 83 Rabbit L two doors the tires were so skinny we called them pizza cutters i mean it was an embarrassment and um he wasn't proud of that car until my dad then took the car away one day and came back with maybe like 14 inch bbs knockoffs but man that car just looked bad and i mean it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen in my life and he put a roof rack on he put a bmx bike on that and i was a v-dubber for, for ever since then i've owned dozens and now i'm on a mission to build every one of those dream cars i didn't either own or those cars that i did own those cars that annoyed my mom that's one of the ones i'm working on next <laughs> yeah <laughs> my tough. mom has this thing against the el camino um mm -hmm. it was her like most hated car then i don't know if it was a teenage rebellion thing that became one of my most loved cars so i bought the the three-in-one from either monogram or amt with the, um, has like the Kano cover, if you would, or even the sport cap on the back. Yeah, you can build that. Mm -hmm. it's, it can either build it lowered, you can build it motored, or you can build it, you know, stock. And Iceman sent me a nice um, BMX, you know, bike and roof rack. I'm going to build that as an homage to my mom. We call mom's worst nightmare. <laughs> so, like, and like, so if you've seen my stuff, like I did the, uh, the Miller Light van. Yes, uh-huh. That was cool. So I have to thank everybody that you've ever spoken to. I'd never heard the term curbside before. And what that means, what, what that did to change my attitude toward building cars. Um, 
I thought you had to be a detailed junkie. I thought you had to get in there. I thought you had to know how to wire and, and make all that those motors work. I didn't know you were allowed to have fun. Let's <laughs> let's slam it. Let's build it. Let's who cares where the wheels go inside that frame? It doesn't matter. The idea is that you built this idea and that you're telling this funny story and you want to move forward with it. And the, that that van is my first attempt at like just saying there's no motor in that. That the chassis is flipped upside down so that I can get the car as low as I wanted. I wanted to use those wheels in there, and um, it just when it sits and it sits in front of the the, the truck that I built, it it tells that story that I'm looking for. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I remember the first time me hearing uh, curbside and asking a friend, you know, what does that mean? You know, and he was just saying, you know, just it's like you have these cars on display here. Just imagine the curbsides like in the background, just like it's parked, like it's not going anywhere. So it's just kind of a like if you're doing a display just to fill it in. And I was just like, all right. But I still kind of didn't get it. And then, you know, how you described, you know, not having to add all these details into it and just however, like static you want to go about it like super slammed or whatever you want to do like that's it and uh so, i was like all right about, this is fun what about like aoshima though then i stopped buying those kits and fujimi kits they come highly deep these are gorgeous kits to come together with gorgeous interiors zero motors mm-hmm. and i didn't quite understand the game yet do i i didn't know to score and you could pop and start hinging and that's where the low rider scene came in for me you guys were starting to I, I just thought looking at everything that you guys have done, that you will open trunks, open doors, and make hinges, make these things open. And my newest piece that I'm working on is almost an homage to you guys. Like I took that minivan and I was like, shit, let's open that door. Let's see, let's 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 try that. You, you gave you don't give me the motor, okay? You gave me a beautiful interior. So the idea is let's see the interior. Can I can I score? Can I make a sliding door? Can can I make these things happen? And that's but again each one you do is something new a new, a new journey yeah it's a trip man like when when i saw your work with the you know car model builds i i i assumed that you've been in the game for like a long time like with what you were doing and it, it it's crazy like i'm tripping out you know telling me when you started doing like gundam and then switching over to the cars it's like you you just put in mad work with the gundams and you learned a lot of skills from there now that you're doing the cars, like, what can you say that you took in, like, th- those skill sets you learned from Gumpla over to model cars? Scribing. Okay. I think it was a huge thing, was understanding, keep, keeping lines that were going to be buried by paint and other things, and wanting to keep those, li- like, when you knew you were going to bury them. So let's, let's make some deeper lines so that you can do that. Um, order of process, I think, was a huge, huge game for me was understanding that I had a subframe then I was going to put the armor and then I was going to do decals. I, with Gunpla, it was, it was a lot easier. Bandai did that work for us. Those manuals in that process is much simpler than a car to me. Um, I would break my car kits into motors, body, and wheels. And then anything after that was dressing, if, if you would, cake decorating. So if I can get everything before that done, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But I still struggle on every single build and I seem to drop the ball every single time and would, not, would be remiss if I didn't use this opportunity to discuss with someone like you and 
the, the knowledge maybe you have is what do you do when you are working on a kit and you snap a windshield in half or a rear windshield in half and you've got you're in you know the 11th hour of this kit you've, you've buried 70 hours into it you know you're done you what what does one do i know there's sometimes in situations where something breaks and you and you know let's say you put in all this work like let's say a paint job or or you know the, the body breaks whatever something breaks a lot of the times back then you know i would think all right maybe it's time to to just end it and start open a new one kind of like toss the kit or strip the body like it was always like going backwards like let's go let's just go backwards and start all over again right but then as i started meeting other modelers and learning like different techniques and ideas and I still remember doing like a paint job and like messing up and then uh, sh showing it to Armando and being like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm going to redo this one. You know, I'm going to probably sand, just sand everything off or strip it. And he's like, why are you going to do that when you could just, you know, layer something on top of this? You know, and then that was a whole nother like, wait a minute, you know, another process of like there's a plan B, a plan C. And then later as I met more people, they would just say, you know what? It's best to, uh, if you really want to get that build done and let's say you crack the windshield and I mean, there's really no way of repairing it or whatever. Perhaps you could just, just buy a kit again and just snatch that windshield from it and complete it and then deal with, deal with the other one later, you know? Uh, but I, right. I wondered, I wondered if that was the, the, the true answer when I start to look at some true builders and people who've been in the game for a long time and you look at what we call a backlog so mm -hmm. some people's backlog may or may never be built but when i see a guy who builds who bought maybe two or three of a pickup truck maybe now i do understand why he bought two or three of them yeah. not that he intends to build it three times is it is it that we have backup parts so should i be taking these builds so seriously that i intend to invest twice the amount in each kit that i do or, you know, that's a struggle that I wonder, do, do we each have or do we just accept it as part of our, our hobby? Yeah, dude, it, it's a trip because the more, um, like, you start attending even, like, hobby shows. And, you know, at first, you know, you're buying kits or tools or paints. But then there's always going to be a seller sometimes that's going to pop up and he's selling parts and baggies or just random, like, a box with loose parts. And once you start, you know, getting more into it, you'll take the time to kind of dig through that box or dig through everything. And then you start finding bumpers, uh, you know, uh, windshields. You start finding hoods, different parts for, you know, and and then you're like, all right, I'll take like a handful of stuff. And they'll just be like, oh, you know, five bucks or whatever. And later, a lot of that stuff comes into play, especially once you start diving into like customization and and you want to do your own you know flip on things and that's when like yeah. you know you're like oh dude i could add this this bumper right here this will switch it up and you know i could connect it here with more styrene build build it up and make it look a little bit more natural where everything just flows um yeah there, there's just so many uh different things and after a while too like if you have a friend who perhaps needs a, a part or he has an idea and you never know, you might have that puzzle piece to hook them up with and be like, yo, yeah. like, this is that part you're looking for. I have it. 
<laughs> you know, I'm really glad you said customization. And I think that would be really what I should have answered said that I take from going from Gunpla to car building from myself and the style that I'm building is that, yes, I know I can have that 3D printed for me, but why not try and scratch build that? Let's let's pile that styrene on there. Let's file it away. Let's sand it away. Let's make it our own. Let's make every kit mine by putting a, a, a ton of work during the body build. That's my probably my favorite part is the building of the kits. I painting and the, the dressing is where I stress and finesse, but my true passion is when we're really just sanding away and we're in our groove and really getting to know that kit and work with it. Yeah, there, that one, um, the VW rat rod that you're working on right now, you know, I, I feel like you, you're, you're uh, I mean, you're already like laying down some paint from when I started, seeing it in those early stages of like the mock-up and then the, the layers of styrene and things being cut. It's like, like I, I saw that beginning phase, but then I was like, holy crap, it's already on the next phase, you know? So... <laughs> that's a that's a passion project uh, you know not only is it volkswagen um i think i shared with you that i went and got um a tattoo yeah <laughs> that's so <laughs> man it, it looks tight yeah so i i went down for an appointment with to see my guy and with two let's say less uninspired pieces for my body and i'm running out of room to put things where i like to get tattoos and my arms my much my, you know are getting filled up my arms are, are done and he looked at me and he said, Tim, what do you want to do? And I happened to glaze down at the flash on the wall. And I saw a 1940s like mercury lead sled done in the old traditional hot rod style tattoo with flames around it and green and the chrome grill on it. And I said, hey, Tom, you know, what do you think about doing something like that by, by playing by my rules? And he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, let's do a Volkswagen. And he said, bet, let's, let's run. And I immediately packed up and went home. And I sent him two or three pictures only, and he came up with that drawing. I got that on my body for life, done one sitting there. That's the shading done. I said, okay, let's validify that tattoo by making it out of plastic. My brother had happened to give me for Christmas the Ravel kit. There it is. I happened to buy a, oh, what's his name? It's a, it's a hot rod kit, but Keller, Keller kits. And it happened to have the front end and, and a grill. It sort of worked for me. And I said, I, I got a kit bash. I can make this work. And decided to bring that, that car to reality. And it, it'll be next, yeah, August 3rd, next my birthday, next week, when I go get it colored. And I hope to have that kit done in hand, uh, put in front of him and say, look, I made this. Now you got to finish your, your end. And so I'm not under, I'm under like a artificial but true deadline to get that done first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's dope, man. Well, hey, ha happy uh, future birthday as well. That's dope. I, I appreciate that. You know, I'm an old-ass man, like, you know, just playing a young man's game here, I feel. But it, I'm really enjoying it. Nah, that's what's up, man. I mean, that's what it's about at the end of the day is, is having fun. But it's like, you know, you got it tatted, but then you're you're building it as well. That's that's so dope. You know, that's another story right there you got. Well, so that's my... Well, not to get too far into that, that's my whole idea with tattoos. If you look at my body and every single one of my tattoos tells a story and modeling has become such a large part of my life that I have, I do have a Gundam tattoo. Um, I have a small Gundam logo in there. You, you'd have to look. And then now this thing here and 
I got that car as an homage to what I'm doing now from 124 and, you know, to make it a reality was a big deal. Um, I belong to the an IPMS chapter here in Massachusetts that we got a, a show coming up in September. And I want to put that forward as like my biggest effort and say, look, you know, this, this is this is for me and this is my chapter. This is what we do. These are the stories that we tell. And, you know, I won't put my my, my body art out there, but maybe just a, a sketch at least so people can see what what drove me to make what I made. Yeah, that's cool. And as far as uh, being part of the chapter, when when did you become a member? I'm talking only less a year ago. Mm-hmm. Belonged to the Patriot chapter of the IPMS in here, here in Massachusetts. That's cool. Um, I so back to community then. Let's talk about Instagram, where I met you and your shop and all your friends, Kiwi, you name it. Everybody that you know, Snacks is one of my biggest influences. That guy churned out work and I reached out to him and I said how how are you doing this like how are you a machine <laughs> do you have help and he helped me through some of my biggest struggles which I mentioned before is glass I, I every time it comes to kits putting in windshields with you know everything like the dude you use in CA I was like sometimes goes and you know if I could reach across the internet and slap you I would you know like <laughs> here's the stuff you need and you know he sent me a couple of links and you know you know, boom, I, I bought those things, you know, and changed the game big time for me and really, really helped me out there. And I, it's unreal how accessible these people who I, I look up to already are in reality because we're all just people. Yeah. So like when I reached out to Bill and he, he spent 15 minutes of his day, I know the first time I talked to him explaining things to me and making sure that I was comfortable with what he was explaining and really, really helped me. Um, my, some of my first friends in gun were from the Philippines. That was crazy when I realized that we weren't in America. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, man, I live in the Philippines, and that's, that's what I do. I was like, that's cool. Oh, oh okay, okay. He's like, you post stuff, and it comes up for me in my in my evening. I was like, oh, like just our time our time zones were inter interwoven in such a way that it was populating for him. And my first friends on Instagram were from korea and from philippines and from indonesia rather than from the united states it was it was wild man um, that's tight i really got into scratch building and met a gentleman um who was live streaming every morning at 6 a.m and he still does it every day and i owe him a, a large credit to getting me into the ipms chapter um a couple months in turns out he is now our cha our chapter president and um i met him at a local Gundam shop, I'd asked to buy some plate styrene. And, you know, I don't care what, what millimeter you have. I'm, I want to start scratch building more. And I don't have it. He's like, you know, but I do know a guy locally who, who you might be inspired by. He, he just posted that he made fins for his Gundam's chest piece using the bread ties from, you know, bread. Oh, damn. I, I, and he had collected, you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, little, yeah, those little, tabbies? the little square, little tabs. Yeah, you got it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you flick them off, you can make like boomerangs with them. Yeah. <laughs> he'd collected dozens of them wow. and cut them up and was using them because it's a perfect state. It melts in with our, you know, our, our styrene. And this guy was a scratch builder. And I've been following him for 16 months. And he just finished the build that I joined him watching. And he, he has taught me tremendously patience and if you don't like what you see, build it, make it, make it your own reality. And that's what I've been doing. And my journey has taken me from Gundam into wacky Gunpla into now cars 
and so now wanting to tell fun stories through the use of cars. Yeah, that's interesting of him doing that and just, you know, just the, the mindset, you know, of like doing things a little bit, you know, different as opposed to, you know, traditionally we go out and we buy the stuff or, you know, we hit up friends, but he was just more like, I'm going to do my take on it to create those pieces for the Gundam. Look, I'm glad you said that. Like, how hard is it for you as a builder yourself to own a shop and to be exposed and have access to everything? Meaning any modded part you want because you have vendors or even if it's in your garage or however you warehouse your stuff. Is that a temptation or is that pressure? Um, like, no, there, there's no temptation and pressure. Like I, I knew going into it, I was like, all right, I know I'm going to be able to get this stuff. But in order for me to like grow and be able to get access to more stuff, I definitely need to sell this, you know, sell this stuff and and be able to bring in more and i mean there is times when you get i guess the best feeling is opening the packages like the boxes and just seeing like a bunch of the same things repetitions right all these all these copies it's like oh my gosh like there's like five or ten or whatever and then just stacking them all up like that was always like fun but once in a while i'll be like oh i want to build this one or this is one i would love to build and you know but i would still everything would be together and i'm thinking like oh yeah maybe maybe that's going to be the one i'm going to hold on to right because i only have four copies and you know the temptation yeah and then and then yeah the, there goes one soul two three down to the last one and i'll be like nah i'm not even going to be building that because i'm not ready for it or i don't even have time so i wouldn't even hold on to it i'll just you know like let the kit go or whatever the, so, and then with tools it was kind of the same because i already had like a lot of my stuff uh beforehand uh so it was if anything it was more the the kits that was like a new thing that was like stepping in that's a whole nother conversation let me ask you a personal question how deep is your personal backlog um it's not that big anymore as it used to so before the... I, i'm applauding that <laughs> like that's, I, I, to me that seems like realistic yeah, because, like, bef- before, when I was just, I got back into the hobby in, like, 2015, I was, you know, I was buying kits at, at a local hobby shop, but then I started also buying kits at Hobby Lobby, and once I found out about their, like, 40% off coupon and all that, <laughs> I went kind of, I went crazy for some months, like, constantly going there every day. There was one, there was a Hobby Lobby, like, maybe less than a mile from my work. Like you could re- you could repeat the coupon every day. Yeah, yeah. At that time, oh. at that time, it was like I mean they would say you know you can only use it twice in a day, but they weren't checking you know and they had multiple uh, like registers open, so it's not like you had to go to the same one. <laughs> you could go to different people. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I, and then I had a friend, and a couple friends who were also buying kits, and you know we're all kind of just doing the same thing. So it was fun for a while, and and then Michaels um, also had uh, Revell AMT kits at that I, time. I got that around me. They still sell decent stuff once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. Over here, they kind of chilled for a bit, but at the at that time, they were getting in so many Impalas, so many things that yeah, the, you can't bo- even find you anymore. Boost Impala if you want it in in a dozen kits, but you know anything <laughs> interesting that's about you know few and far between. 
Yeah, and then I remember uh, at that time, you know, one of my roommates was like, yo, when are you going to stop buying this stuff? Like, you're, you got so many of them. Like, are you really going to be building <laughs> all these? I'm like, yeah, don't trip. So I would, uh, you know, I was That's just... where the business started, isn't it? Well, it, later. You sold your backlog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, going to, like, the hobby shows and all that and just coming home with more kits and more kits. That It got to the point where I was just like, Man, I, I gotta put these on plastic containers and Bro, you passed a hundred? Oh yeah. At this point? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I did. And and then that was it. I was like, you know what? I need a I really need a chill, you know. I don't think I'm gonna be able to build all these. And then at the same time, I was like, once I got with my uh fiance at, the, at that time we weren't, you know, we were we were just dating, but we were gonna move in. And I knew like, yo, I can't bring all these kids with me you know, to where we're going to be living at in this apartment. So a lot of that stuff stayed at my parents' house. And um, and then I had, you know, like maybe like a few kits over at the apartment. But then at that time, I remember doing the transition. I started getting, building more into Gumpla. So, you know, I was just, because I couldn't airbrush at that time. Yes. So I had the satisfaction of just, snipping all the pieces out of the buffing it out buffing it out you know using that's the meditation that's the that's the piece you can find and that's why <laughs> when you you you, you kind of laughed you're like how many did you build i was like you know maybe 80 and you know Dang, X amount. but a... i would mm -hmm. i would buff them you know like hgs take how long one night you know you snap them out i could i could probably do one blindfold you could give me a kit jumbled like a puzzle and, and figure it out by the end of it that's what you know i got to the end where nothing was surprising me new anymore what, what what's what's new yeah cars are new cars are new <laughs> and thank god for 3d printing thank god for these parts and everything every time i turn around you've got something new on your site that that, that excites me and you know one little accessory can then make an entire kit become the one you want to work on next yeah um, dude and, and i finally understand i think i finally understand having a modest backlog of some kits that you you know you want to tell a story with but there's something missing there was that muse that didn't hit you didn't know that was the one that made it work i was sitting on that beetle kit and knowing that i had actually the color picked out and it was from splash paint from you before i had any idea that that's what i wanted to do was to make a rat rod and i took it and i took it to the bank and i used all of the things i intended to do and you know you, you you're fortuitous in the sense that um my feed comes across that you were selling the diamond the diamond mesh um you know i'm using it for grill material mm -hmm. yeah. and I, I think i forget who which who makes it model masters one of the accessory companies but again it was it can't like how are you serious this is exactly what i need at this moment to make this happen in my life yeah. and i place these orders and, and these and you, you know i know there's other places i can look and fill my mind with products but i choose not to i choose to limit what i'm exposed to so that i don't overwhelm my own self and that's kind of what happened with my 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 minivan attempt here i i bit off more than i could chew and i put i rushed it to get something done for in a time frame that was maybe unnecessary and i put it aside and i went at that beetle and it thank god that i could take my frustrations out on chipping on chipping material and that paint just it worked wonders i'd like to shout out sh splash paint like up and down the block 
that stuff works just as advertised. I shake it up, I put it in my gun, I put it on, and it dried in 15 minutes, and I was at it with a nail brush and some water and, you know, distressing the hell out of it. And everything that was there that didn't distress it stood up perfectly. And uh, I can't wait to do more of it. Like, my biggest hang-up is cleaning and the whole process of an airbrush gun. Mm -hmm. Anything that can speed that up or make me feel more successful, I think, is, is awesome. So, you know, I love my Tamiya paints and I love my, you know, pipettes and mixing all that. But that's that's time consuming and that's that's time I don't necessarily always have. So I just just pouring it in and going has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, that 2K, I mean, you everybody I've, you, you've talked to must be using this is just a godsend. Yeah, I, I love it, dude. That's like my to go to the uh, the ultra gloss clear. I haven't yes, used sir. the the matte yet, but the gloss one I've been. So so is the matte? Tell me, is that for Gundam use? Oh or yeah, guys painting. Yeah yeah yeah. Guys would, painting cars and matte or. I would recommend. I mean, I could compare that to like the top coat, like that that matte finish from uh, like Mister Hobby. You could, sure. You could you could definitely shoot over um, the decals and everything. Uh, I also was gonna real quick how you mentioned about cleaning the airbrush, you know. Yeah. Any anytime you know you're using lacquer paints, and you want to you know clear clean that airbrush because you're done with the session, but you want to clean it quick because I know it takes it takes a while. Uh, there there is a, a pump sprayer that a company FBS makes. I don't um, sell it, and it's it's a bit pricey, but it's worth it, dude. Like what do you, what do you mean by pump sprayer? So pretty much. This is like a. I'm gonna have to send you some some photos later, but it's it's a Please. it's a bottle that you can fill up with lacquer thinner, and then the pretty much ha it has a handle on the top portion. Oh, you mean the jar, and then and, you expel your your remnants into that. And then um, no, you um, it, there's like a button in the in the top, so you're you're holding the handle with your hand, and then with your thumb, you're pressing down on this button, and every time you press down, it shoots. Like a, like a high pressure of uh, lacquer thinner. And the, the tip of it, you could interchange it. The stock one's fine that comes with it, but you could also, they have like aftermarket, um, you know, like tips where one of the tips pretty much will fit the cup of the airbrush. So you know how like the airbrush inside like the walls of it or whatever, it's all like always full of paint? Of course. When, when you're done. So what I normally do is, I pump one spray, and as soon as that spray hits, dude, it, like, brings everything down already. Like, you know? Okay. And then I could get a little rag and just wipe it off, and then I pump it one more time, and most of the paint's already, like, gone. But I always like to just spray it a third time and then fill up the, like, halfway or fill up or even all the way up, like, the cup with, air, with uh, lacquer thinner and just be spraying out until it's, like, done. Into what? Where are you spraying your, uh, your into the, collection? Uh, into, yeah, like either an Iwata, one of those, um, the little, like the little bowls that they sell. Yeah. That's either what one of those. To first. Yeah. yeah. Or even, uh, I'm not into the air, but I do have, uh, like those blue rags that they sell at Home Depot as well. Yeah. And I spray yeah, yeah, yeah. it, I spray it into the rag. And, and then with the rag, I'll, co I'll cover up the tip to do like a backwash. So it starts bubbling inside. Yep. 
Of course. And, and then just take it off and then, you know, just let it hit the, the rag and it, everything's there. And you know, when I'm wearing the when I'm wearing a glove, so let's say like the the hand that has the glove and there's a rag on there, when when I take off the glove, I pretty much leave the rag inside. So it's like I, I end up you, know, <laughs> you like, flip it inside out. Yeah, inside out and it's covered. And then in there I start throwing all the all the pipettes, everything in there. Yes, sir. And I just seal, seal it up. Full respirator user too. <laughs> and that's yeah, I, I use a respirator, the three M. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and that when I'm done with it, I put it in a, a Ziploc bag. I seal it up. Always. Be yeah. Keep it know. out of the light and shit. Yeah. Because, yep. you know, I, I remember going to like friends, uh, shops and sometimes they would like wear a respirator. They would take it off and they would just hang it. And then they're like cleaning, sweeping and sanding. And I'm like, dude, there's all inside of your mask, brother. Yeah. There's all this stuff going <laughs> in there. <laughs> What's going on? You still, now you, I, I know you have a daughter as well. Yes. Right? And you still spraying in your house? No, no, I don't. I don't do any spraying in here. So you got a garage space? I, I, I yeah, I'm doing that there. But well, so like, where's your gorgeous desk that you keep showing us? Oh, uh, that's in the room. I share it with her now. <laughs> so stop it now. Yeah. So like that room was pretty much like an office room originally. You know, like a side room, like where my bench. But then behind me, like my fiance has her setup with work and everything. And, yeah. and then, you know, lately, you know, my little one's growing up and we were just talking and going like, yo, you know what? We need to, we need to divide this room now. We need to like build her a little bed and set up all this stuff, make her feel like mm -hmm. she has her own room. So, you know, she's taking it over half. Next thing you know, I could see my side being done. Um, so like 75, um, she's going to take over 75% and then 100% of that room, you know? <laughs> And uh, so I'm enjoying it right now while I can. But if anything, um, I'll just be a little mobile. You know, I'll probably be setting up over here in the in, in the dining Yo, I mean, table. I sent you, I sent you those photos of my workspace, right? Yeah, where's that? Where do you where so do you have what, your stuff set up? I, my wife and I just bought a house last August. Oh, congrats! I, I appreciate that. And one of my first priorities was to put in a studio. That's. There was a naked garage, and I put in a lofted storage space, and I am below that. That's an eight by eight me zone, if you would, um, where I could shut the door and keep the paints and the small parts away from children or what happened happen to be. And I've been slowly chipping away at, you know, collecting paints and parts and really coming to home with that. But unfortunately, I don't spend too much time there. Mm -hmm. And I would say that 90% of my building is done at work. Yeah. Okay. So you, everything <laughs> like ninety percent of what you've seen me produce is done Our on work. a four by eight. You know what I mean? What, what are our what's the A fifteen cutting mat? That's it. That's my desk. And uh -huh. I make it all happen. I have a Stanley toolbox where I pack it all in every night and come to work with it. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Like, how's that process? You're at home. And I should have sent you photos of that. I suppose is like <laughs> actually who I am is this mobile guy who who. <laughs> You look at his work when he leaves in the morning, his desk is spotless clean. But if you should see it at 2.30 in the morning, it's sprawled out with car parts and paints and glues and you name it. And YouTube and and and, and podcasts. And that's me. <laughs> Man, that's cool. So, like, when you're at home, before you uh, go to work, like, you're getting ready. And you're already, is it hard to decide or kind of, like, what is it that you want to take with you to pack in? Hugely. A huge, like. I also sent you a photo of like my work in progress is like I have seven kits that are cut out, you know, buffed and primed. 
because I told you that's my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. I from Gunpla was get to know the kit with Gunpla. You got to know it, assemble it, and either you loved it and you were going to mod it, or you put it aside and it was done. And so I've got these kits that I've completely assembled as far as that that could go through a stage of painting and everything. But the muse is missing. That motivation is missing. That inspiration is missing. Yeah. And like the minivan is my is an ode to myself. Like I I am now a minivan driving, croc wearing forty year old dad. Mm-hmm. You know that's the life that I didn't know was coming. Like I'm a BMX loving you know hardcore mountain biking guy, and I didn't know that this is where I'd be. But I'm embracing it. You know, no, like, that's this good, is it. dude. I'm like, well, I'm I'm uh one more year and I'll be forty. Congratulations! Welcome yeah. to the fourth floor. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> <getting> there. <laughs> On my way. <laughs> I actually went through a tough time, uh, period a little bit where I wondered if my scale modeling and Gundam building was a, was a uh, midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. That I was just trying to regain my youth by building toys all the time. Yeah. And I, I, and I argued my, my way out of that and realized that, no, this was just, this was something that really became a part of me. And Yeah, I you mean, know, you got to think, like, I mean, we're, we're coming from era, you know, 80s, 90s, like where we're, we're born into having things in our hands, physical objects, you know, uh, VHSs, cassette tapes, you know, magazines, books, like all this stuff. What would you have done in 1989, let's say, and if someone handed you a Gundam box rather than a transformer and Mm -hmm. said, dude, you can make it happen. Or you can play with it. Where would where would your mind where would you be today, engineer wise, mathematically, oh, STEM yeah. wise? You know, like I'm. True. I hope that my young children see these kits that I'm building and these opportunities as any. You you can make things on your own. You don't need to have it given to you. I don't need to have it built for me. I'm gonna make it. And one of my proudest moments was when my five year old looked to my wife the other day and said. Do you make models? I think girls can make models. I said, you're darn right girls can make models. Do you? And I asked her if she wants to make one. And she said, yes. And I said, that's a proud moment. Like, yeah. I don't force it on them at all. They just, this is through influence of seeing things that I'm enjoying and I'm loving. And if she wants to build, there's, there's Pokemon Gundam, Gumpo, let's say. There's all sorts of easy things to get them into it. This, this That's the, the gateway drug is Gunpla. Like, yeah. that. thank God for them. Like, if there's entry grade now, I don't know if you've seen this, where it's a $9 kit and it's probably, you don't need any tools. You snap it out, you put it together, maybe a half hour, you have a fully articulating gunpla kit. <laughs> no, yeah. That's unreal. That's unreal. It is. You know how uh, Bandai, uh, well, I think it was like a year ago, they released the SD with uh, Hello Kitty. Like, yes, I have this. Like, so I, I, uh, I saw it and I was like, Yo, that's dope. You know, I thought it was cute and I ended up getting it. And uh, I'm like thinking, all right, I'm going to build this for my daughter, you know? Nah, tell me you're sitting on it, right? Nah, dude. Well, I I ended up building it. (laughs) I had it on display. (laughs) But I I had it on display like for almost like for myself, you know? I was like, yo, this is tight. Of course. And uh, and then the other day she saw it and she saw the box. So I'm like, awesome. I'm like, you know, kind of like here, like, which one do you want? And she just kind of went more towards the box because the box art's like huge, and it's, it is adorable. Yeah, and then she was just like walking around the house, like holding on to the to the box. What do you do with your completed gunpla? Yeah, so back then I did display it. I, I yes. had space to display it, 
But then once we were going to move to where we're living at now, I pretty much used like one of the, the big master grade boxes. Yep. I, you know, I, I emptied it out and I just basically like bagged like almost each figure individually. And um, because there, there was a mix of high grades, master, a couple of master grades and the rest were like the... The, uh, What's the, your favorite? Well, no, no, uh, real grades. Sorry, a couple of real grades. Ah, nice. And, and then, um, and and the master grades. My favorites right now. I mean, damn, dude, it's hard because I love all three of them. You know, because you done, like, what's your newest? What's your newest real grade you've made? Uh, you know the the last one I've gotten, but I haven't even um, I haven't even built it yet. It's the um, damn. It starts with the Z. Uh, the uh, let me Zaku. Not the Zaku. I, mean, I, I um, built the high news the the high new Gundam. I think it was number thirty nine. I excuse my numbers might be wrong. It, the art the, what is going on engineer articulation and you bend his elbow and or his wrist down and guns pop out. You move, move his shoulders up and the veneer the verners move and it blew my mind. That is real grade has taken over as far as where you want to be with Gunpla. I know we're diverging. We're talking. We're kind of talking about different things. But if you want to talk about where they're at, I think Bandai's focusing on that that size right there, real grade. The real grade. They're producing some. Yeah, I mean, I used to use Masterix. I got big dumb man hands. Mm-hmm. That was my excuse. I wanted to build these one one hundreds so that they're easier to work on and easier to customize. And I shied away from the one forty fours. They were too simple. And then I saw builders who were taking the simpler things, and that's where they they enjoyed adding those details that were missing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but so it was. And they heard us. The the Zeong, the real grade, the big 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 thing. It's like it's a real grade, um. But yeah, it, the box is huge. But I haven't, yeah, the Zeong. Yeah, I haven't built that one yet though. I have it though. Big big red thing, correct? No, this one. Um, it's actually it's that one that it doesn't have any legs. It's just like upper body, like almost like the torso. Oh, the ending up. boss guy with the big big, big missile fingers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that dude that's I, from the og right that's yeah that, that's so, yes yeah, i'm sorry my fault i i'm embarrassed that i got that wrong something that's about a cool ass that kid. dude's uh like his mask or like the help his mask his face and his eyes it, it just looks super cool i really like let's go cool. you gonna you gonna led that thing um you know i haven't got Come to on. that level dude let's go. but yeah I mean, okay I to... hey so well, that's something have you seen anybody in our community putting leds in cars or is, a, is there a kit is there a a company that I'm not seeing that does that. I mean, the only person that I usually see put lights in the cars uh, has been Armando Flores lately. Um, Holy, what's it like talking to that guy? It's cool. I, your podcast with him is unreal. Like he's a legend. Yes, not yeah. Even even somebody as as young as me in this knew knew of his name and his influence, and then to to go back through your podcast and have you chop it up with that guy. <laughs> easily like it was nothing like you guys were sitting on the front porch you know yeah like yeah. whittling wood like you guys were, were like homies and i was like what the hell yeah no nah, it's cool i mean there it, it's uh it's a trip just knowing um you know how much history there is with things he did back then but also just you know like holding that torch you know and and still to this day doing it but also, like in a way, like innovating things or just pushing things to to that next, because I I feel like, you know, with anything you try to do, it's gonna get to a point where it becomes a bit redundant, and you keep kind of repeating and repeating, but then 
I noticed with what he does, it's there's really no repetition, it, especially like if you if it comes down to like paint work, you know, and other kind of layouts with like combination of like the wheels, the stances, and and the cars. There's always something new that's exciting. And and it's almost like that same feeling that you'd get, like the, that I was getting as a kid, uh, seeing that work done on a magazine, but then now fast forwarding it, seeing it in person. So what's it like being exposed to that culture all the time? And and feel and that's what you want to represent in one twenty four. Like yeah, obviously that's what scale riders became, and that's where where you're starting from, right? Yeah, I mean it's definitely uh, like when you start to see and and meet different people, and you start to see it on the tables, right? Like people's work, you definitely you know you respect it, and you also want to learn it, you know. And and then once you start learning, that respect grows even more. Because you realize, man, this paint job is like tough to do, you know, and, and this person knocked it out or just the whole display of the car. But then you start to see and feel the levels of it. And once you start, you know, asking questions and hanging out with modelers and working together, you start to like level up, I guess. You know, you, you start getting more a little bit more confident about yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, like this is happening now, you know, and now you feel like you're part of the community in that in that sense of like bringing out a car to a show and once you know you start getting those props from the people it's it's a good feeling you know and and now it's like you know you are uh, like representing like the culture and everything but then it makes you do a lot of research too you know to oh. I, I think what happens is in the beginning you you do your take on like what you think like low writing is to you, but <laughs> yeah, then but, but then you reach a point where you start going. You know what? Let me start going backwards in time. Let me jump all the way back to the seventies. What were they doing in the seventies? Because these these are like pioneer kind of guys, right? And then you and then you start going through the eras. You start going into the eighties, and then you know people start getting into this like mini truck era. You know, you start going through all these, like, different... The Datsuns and stuff, you mean? like Yeah, like, you start going yeah, through, yeah. through all these things. And, and you know, but with those situations, that's when it comes to to asking questions. You know, this is, like, where, let's say if I was going to get into, like, mini trucks um, to build one, right? And I really, you know, I only have an idea from looking at photos on Instagram, let's say. Like, oh, all right. Uh, but I still don't know too much about the the culture because i wasn't around when that was going down i didn't see many trucks around my neighborhood let's say so i would immediately be like all right i'm gonna ask like armando i know him you know he's seen that era he lived it all right let me find out you know what wheels will go with this car like what wheels can i get yeah. right now that will go with this truck and and kind of go from there and then you know there's gonna be other people that you're gonna end up meeting you know it's it's such a trip you go through like a journey did you ever own a lowrider? I've never owned one. I wanted to own one. Okay. But now, dude, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see it mm. like happening. It's hard to say it, but honestly, it's just you know, it's like any kind of car. Everything's gone up in price. So, so this is why I want to talk about culture. So I'm from New England, Massachusetts, right outside Boston. 
Um, I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen a, a low rider in the live in my entire life. I mean, there's a the car show I was growing up called World of Wheels that would come to the convention centers where you'd see like the 1960s Batmobile and maybe there was one low rider and you might see a funny car and, you know, some stuff like that. But as far as on a day to day basis, that's not the car culture I was exposed to. Um, now that I know you're about my age, you're obviously of the Fast and the Furious culture, right? Yeah, I remember, you know, high school and then, you know, that was kind of a thing like when when the when the, I think the first movie popped out and you know all the other ones, but it was so funny I remember someone telling me that like the first movie was about the cars and then it yeah. went into explosions, you know, it just became an, like Well, yeah, then yes, they, they that jumped the shark real quick. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that first movie meant a lot to a lot of people. I was obviously that same impressionable age, but Volkswagen has been my bread and butter since like, from the get-go. So even in that movie, they spoke to me. Um, you know, I was a video game culture, so Need for Speed was a large influence on me. So lowered large wheels and neon was what I knew for a, lo a long time. I'm not sad to see it go away. Those cars were useless where we live. We have potholes. We have terrible streets. You can't use cars like that. Um, I guess I've become utilitarian in the vehicles that we that we we drive. As I said, like I've become a minivan owner. Never would have thought it. I gave up my dream car when we had kids. I gave up my two door GTI, lowered, real fast, real stupid, and bought the uh, you know four door flag that says please don't pull me over anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's funny. Don't pull me over no more. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know what happens? You get a car that has the, has anything done dude. to it. The, the cops just pull you over for just looking funny. Oh yeah, man. Like, you know, over here, it's the simplest thing. Oh, tinted windows. Let's pull this guy over. Let's see. But how is that? Now, now I, in all curious, serious curiosity, because I've never been to the left coast and I see those beautiful builds on a minute to minute basis. You're telling me that that's not legal. Those dark ass tints you see that people be pulling up on. Like, yeah, no. just deal with they yeah. just deal with tickets. Yeah, well, you can have tint all over all the windows except for the driver and passenger side. You what about the windshield? You n that either the front windshield? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought t Teslas were coming now with like tinted windshields, and wasn't sure like how is that even legal? Like, yeah, I I don't know. You know, I I feel like there's people that just out here that they do get away with a lot of things they do to their cars, um, because before. You know, like going back to that, you know, Fast and Furious era. Go ahead. I, I remember, uh, you know, friends having cars lowered. They were always getting pulled over because they were they had lowered cars. And, you know, that kind of went away for a bit in, in my area. And also loud exhaust systems. Yep. People were bumping it like crazy. That was like a whole, a whole thing. Great group shooters and bass. Like, I don't miss those days. Yeah, and and that stopped for a while. Like nobody was doing. People were getting pulled over all the time, and I don't know. The I remember like two years ago, I hung out with at my friend's shop, and then I met his friend that pulled up, and he had one of those Zion, uh, those like boxy cars, They're like Zion, yeah, the like, Toyotas, like a. I guess he calls it like a toaster. Yeah, the XB. Yeah, the XB, dude. He had sure. it. He had it like static, like slammed, you know, and even. I don't know if he bought a body kit or what. It was, dude. It was. It was always like scraping on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I could. They were offering kits and neon and all that <laughs> stuff right from factory with those cars, weren't they? 
I think so. And I was like, Yo. that was a cool attempt. I'm like, your Corolla looks dope. I was like, what's up with your car, dude? Like, you don't get, a, you're not afraid of, have you been pulled over? He's like, nah. He's like, I drive. I thought he was selling ice cream, but shit, that's his car. Yeah. He's like everywhere with it. He still drives that thing. And, no. And I'm like, yo, you're crazy. You're going to get pulled over. And he's like, oh, well, it hasn't happened. And I'm, and tinted windows, like just everything's all black all around. And I'm all like, black. yo, you're crazy. You know, um, I know when I got my car, I have a, I drive a, a Camry. Uh, I was curious. Go ahead. And, um, you know, I didn't want to tint the windows at all just because I was like, all right, I don't want to have any problems. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to get from point A to point B, go to Someone work, with me. you know, go mm-hmm. to bonds, go wherever, you know, get some stuff and that's it. And, you know, my girl's like, hey, you need to tint these windows because, you know, so, so, this car is getting hot. You know, the sun's all, it's all hitting her face. <laughs> I'm like, well, dude, yeah, you live, you live with us in heat, I'm sure. Yeah, and I was like, all right, we got them tinted, and nah, I haven't had any any issues, knock on wood, you know, so far. But, I mean, you know the expression, "all show, no go." <laughs> I mean, that's me. I mean, that's that was I I subscribe to that altogether. I would much rather have it look nice than make it me, you know, get me make noise that makes me get pulled over or suspension that bounces me up some curbs that make me look silly. So, nah. I'll show. No, yeah, no. but but you do get to see a lot of cars though out here. I mean, you get depending where mm. you go, you know, for sure, you're gonna see lowriders, you're gonna see exotics, classic cars, you know, imports, JDMs, motorcycles. You're gonna see a lot of different styles. Everyone. Did you want a lowrider bicycle? Oh yeah, dude. I always wanted one. I never, I never got the chance. Never owned one. Never, dude. Never. I remember, uh, lowrider yeah. bicycle magazine had a like in their catalog. There was a section where you, they sold a blue bike, a red one, and a green one, and it was a—I um, don't know if it was like 130 or 150 for the bike. For so the whole thing? Yeah, for the whole thing. Like you could just I'm, order it. You know. Imagine, imagine today. Imagine. <laughs> right. I owned I owned a Schwinn Apple Crate with a with a raked out front fork that you know with a sissy bar and you know a 16 inch front wheel, 20 inch rear wheel. You know, and you know, living in the suburbs out here, like I, it was qualified as a low rider. It was, you know, my I could bank if I turned too hard, my cranks would hit the ground. You know, <laughs> I, I I loved it. I mean, that's my other passion is bicycling, and 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 that's you know, when well, I heard like like you you talk, you've talked a lot about low rider magazine and that there's a low rider bicycle part of it. I was like, I wonder these guys all own these things and spent the time to to paint those too. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of bikes that were featured in those magazines that came from the city where I was at in Oxnard, because and and also kits too were featured in these magazines. Yeah, so the the magazine, um, you know, it was like the I would say the first issue was more like seventy five percent of the magazine was bicycles, and then the the last quarter of the mag in those fir- in that first issue. It was dedicated. I had like a section for model cars, and eventually, as the issues you know were evolving, they started. It started to get more split into half. So the book was like lowrider bikes in the beginning, and then model cars, and then at the very end, they started to add artwork from you know just kids. They basically wanted to make this side of like like a very uh for kids like inspirational to get p- kids involved with building bikes 
yeah. building model cars or drawing. You still have your you, any of these magazines? You yeah. still have this? Yeah, I still have them. Is anybody taking the time to catalog this and put it digitally so that we can? Um, you know, you, you know uh, some, some years some years back, Jeffries was doing uh, cataloging on them because I, but I don't I don't know. I you would need, you know I would need to find out, but I remember. The reason I think he was cataloging them was because people were asking for them, and they were on message boards. His posts of these yeah. of these uh, spreads, and I remember doing like a search years ago, and his his posts would pop up on Google, and I was like, I was like, oh damn, like this dude scanned them, you know, and he had them up. Yeah, there's your history. We we should be preserving that stuff, you know. And yeah, I mean the. Um, a lot of those issues, I, I did start to do like, a, I feel like I need to redo them just because I did do like videos speaking about the magazine, but I would quickly, you know, just kind of brush through the bikes and I would just jump into the models because everybody was just like always, oh, I just go into the model section, you know, well, but, but no, there's no a blame there, but there is a lot of like, you know, other people later. <laughs> On YouTube, that would comment, "Hey, slow down! Why you <laughs> over the yo, 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 yo. Hey, I'm in that. I'm in that issue. What's going on? I mean, I'm I'm straddling the line on both worlds very heavily here, as we're talking about it. Like, <laughs> and actually, if we can diverge, when you talk about House of Colors and these paints that were automotive paints, correct? Mm -hmm. And we talk about flaking model cars. Were you straight flaking with the same size flake that they would do on? on cars automotive vehicles that you know one-to-one -one scale uh well i i believe other model builders they did i know when i started uh to to you know step into that stage like a house of color i was like fairly very new to it you know i was mm -hmm. I, I was still a student like learning it but then once uh during during this time when i was getting into it i remember uh manny from tropical glitz out in florida he had just started his company and, and just selling flake. And yes. I, and I remember. Mr. Blitz. Yes. And I remember during that time, you know, it had to be like 2015, 2016 or so. Around that time, we started following each other, chopping it up. And, um, you know, he he's a model builder as well. Like, that's like his background also. Um, model building, you know, growing up. And, um I, I think I want to say I think he's around our age too, dude. All right. And so, you know, so there, there was just like all these things from Florida, that, correct? Yes, that that we we're yeah, yeah, yeah. That we were talking about with them, and you know, he he was telling me about his flake, you know, the Platinum Plus, and I started looking at it, and he started to tell me, you know, kind of school me on the sizes. So then eventually, you know, the the smallest size he, he size he had was like a point zero zero four flake so i ordered a jar and the jar was like 10 bucks dude right. but it, when you're gonna use that jar dude it's gonna last you like almost forever for a model car right because you don't need so much flake and um i remember getting it and from there i even gave some flake to friends and i gave some to armando you know it was just like different <laughs> different people here from, you this, from this one bottle yeah and i still and i still had flake in it and um eventually we needed to figure out you know how can we spray flake? Because even though it's so, so small, it's not gonna wow. it's not gonna go through our, our water airbrush. It's gonna it's gonna mm -hmm. clog all those airbrushes. Point three, you name it, right? So then, um, 
I remember Armando figuring it out. He was like, oh, like we could use this one throwaway brush from like Harbor Freight airbrush. Uh And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. So then he started doing it. You know, he started schooling me on it. All right, cool. So then I started learning it. And then later um, when I was going to do this this, uh, 67 Impala build, that was the first time when I uh, like pretty much did like a a flake job that I was very happy with, you know, and I still, yeah. I still have that build to this day. You know, there, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of storytelling with that build for sure. And, but the, the flaking though, that flake is like to scale with the 124, 125th scale vehicle. And it's tropical with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was like, at that time, that was a product. I was just telling everybody endorsing it. You know, without him even telling me, to, no, I was just like, yo, like, if you want to flake your car, this is, this is the size flake you want to Yeah, you, with. you mentioned your Harbor Freight gun though. Is that a, what, did you throw it away at the end of this process? Um, I, I own that gun. I know I'm very familiar with yeah, the Harbor I, Freight 695 there, gun. There was some that I did have to toss at some point, but others, I, I think I still have a couple in my uh, drawer where I have my yeah. airbrushes. So they're, they still work for sure. You know, how many do you own? Would you say, on um, no, no, you know, like you would use on? Oh, like all to do. like all my airbrushes. Yeah. Um, I probably have probably like seven airbrushes, and uh, but there, there's now there's probably like a few I don't even use anymore. Mm-hmm. But my others, I, I definitely use. They're my to go to. So I have, uh, one. You air- set up multiple colors at once, and like, so you're ready to go, like interior something gloss and something um i, I kind of said it by like so i have like two airbrushes for for clear coating one okay. of them you know ha- is going to shoot kind of like the the round ball let's say tip of 0.5 mm-hmm. and then the other one is going to be more of a fan tip so what i do when i clear coat like with a little ball like the ball tip or whatever i i tend to hit the the hard to reach areas first like just kind of dust it with the clear, get in those little vents, the side mirrors, all the little little areas, right? So then once I'm gonna do the 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 body, I could still you know pull the trigger all the way back and and like hit the whole body, but then make it get wet. Yeah, to make it look wet, I can do that, or I can just you know use the the white fan and get you know like a smoother a wide range of coverage by maybe doing like two or three passes from one side and then back, you know, going up a little higher and then mm-hmm. a little higher. And then I'm like, all right, now move to the next side, the next side, the next side. And then I'll have are you like, fully lacquers now, or are you still messing with acrylics? Um, all lacquers. Yeah. All just lacquers. All lacquers. So, you know, the, the urethane paint, all that automotive stuff, I'm not uh-huh. using, using any of it right now. Cause I, I can't, why, why bother? I and then I can't I can't store it anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be paranoid. You had mentioned earlier like, they, they come in bigger they come in much larger containers than what we buy our bottle yeah. stuff in, right? Yeah, and I don't want to keep that stuff in the house. Like it would just give me headaches. <laughs> I mean, are, are those automotive paints giving you any better results than than these these lacquers that we're using from companies such as you know Splash and you know et cetera? You you. You get, they're both dope. You get great results from both. The only difference, I would say, um, I mean, I don't want to say there's cons in each. I feel like they're both pros. 
the the pros with splash is that uh, you you can get automotive paints straight up like if you want to you know like oem colors whatever colors mm-hmm. that are, are true to that car they're there and well, let's talk about that i mean i got my harlequins in my shopping cart right now yeah dude it's like you know the colors like it's like you said with house of color it's custom paint so it's got all four done with... I, I worried so i actually i was testing tested them out i said how is someone gonna be comfortable doing like that that paint job with four different colors on eight different panels etc and i'm convinced now that i'll spray it tape spray tape move and i'll be able to get the, all those down and move on and i'm thrilled i can't wait to 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 apply that to in the mark one that never got the harlequin paint job that'll be my my next project that's I've got awesome. the Italy I've got the Italy kit that I've never seen before waiting for me my one year anniversary kit for building 124 scale and I'm going to side by side with where I was a year ago where I've got to today and after after having that as good of experience I did painting this past week that I, I was convinced like I, I can pull this off I'm gonna, I can do this and you know it'll happen and I won't have runs. I won't have, you know, pulling paint and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Do you, um, do you, do you ever plan on, you know, in the future, like traveling to any East coast, uh, model shows? So, yeah, I mean, I, I do. So I just, I'm kind of bummed. I just missed apparently one about a week ago. That would have been nice to travel and meet some people, some local legends that I'm sort of chasing in the shadows of. Um, I, we, I just went to a show about, two months ago was my very first and i rushed to get my my gti done for that show and i entered and you know i had my heart set on like just people seeing it and appreciating it and uh you know i had wheels on it, i had a motor in it i had done interior swaps i had done all these things and when i came down to sit down the gentleman asked me he said what category do you want to enter your car and i said hot rod because to me that that qualifies the hot rod i put a bigger motor in it bigger wheels on it an interior swap that's a hot rod in my opinion so i put this little front wheel drive volkswagen up against some of the sickest builds i had ever witnessed in my life and was humbled to to the nth degree by these dudes abilities to wire distributors and batteries and windshield wiper fluid etc and you know there was my little car you know, next to the 1940, you know, the, to the drop tops and the chopped cars. And they said, well, you want that to be in Hot Rod? I said, I'm going to run that all the way through this contest. I mean, I'm, I'm proud to, to represent Hot Rod there. But I learned something then about, you know, what people expect and what people do. And it, it is a wild world. It is. Um, <laughs> I got a quick one for you. So that first show I was at, I actually um, I had like a starstruck moment um, through the Internet you don't realize how small this world is. And I had been following and watching a gentleman building on YouTube for a little while now, uh, Tortuga Customs. And um, Marcos uh, Fernandez is his name. And he does these like intricate builds and he was, he has a great, you know, video presence or whatever. And I've been watching him and I entered the show and there was only one child that was at this show who entered in the kids build he brought a gundam that he put or actually and he put it aside and you know he won for the kids event or whatever and he took a shining to me and he was talking to me and really he told me i looked like um tony stark to him 
<laughs> I didn't really know, you know, like yeah. I was like, this kid, this kid's amazing. Like the ability to come up to a stranger and tell him these things. And he kind of like dogged me around the show and he talked to me the whole time and we come to trophy time and this gentleman is cleaning up. I mean, I'm talking cleaning up for, for work that is exemplary. And it's, it's Marcos Fernandez. And it turns out it's this dude that I've been watching for like weeks upon months on the internet. Is it local to my chapters, local in my area? Is like entering shows like in my area. And here I am like hanging out with his son. And his son introduces me to his dad. And I was like, you know, starstruck meeting his dad. Meanwhile, his son is trying to introduce me to his newest best friend, me. You know, like, <laughs> it was quite this weird experience. And I wanted to be like, dude, I've been watching you for like, Ever. you've taught me so many you know secrets and you know like but i have to talk legos and you know you know child rearing this guy rather than get to hang out and talk shop with them but it was a, it was a really cool experience to understand like the outreach we can have when you look a certain way or you act a certain way and you know i really am interested in bringing up that next generation of kids who might be interested in doing this yeah now it it is dude like you just got to put in that work you know and little by little the more you embrace it and you're putting out there like kids will see this stuff you know they they'll definitely start to participate it's just the exposure there's still a lot of people who tend to think like oh like this stuff still exists like it's still around and i'm like what like it, it's kind of funny but then i'm like yo check it out and then they're blown away when they get to see like you know, people take breaks sometimes, but others, nah, they, they're, they've been in it, still. With it. Yeah. Uh, I had another question, dude, I was going to bring up Please. from the photos you sent me. There is a kit that you have that I also have. And then, uh, Brandon, uh, Brando Commando also has that kit. And I was tripping. Cause I was like, yo, like I thought, I thought I was the only person with this kit. And then when I saw he had it, and we started talking, and he were going like, "Man, maybe one day we should build this kit together." And then now I see you have it. All right, well, now, which one? And now I'm gonna tell him, "Yo, this Tim's got it too." It's a, uh, it's a, that click clack the Skoda. Skoda favorite, yeah, that one, dude. All right, so I got that all the way from Yugoslavia. <laughs> no. Like, I... <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a heller, a heller kit. So wait, it, oh, it's a fantastic kit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um. So they, I'll tell you, so the, the IPMS group I belong to does a, um, a theme build each year. Mm -hmm. Last year, it was like search and rescue. So dudes were doing like Coast Guard and uh, military and like helicopters and whatnot. And I missed that build. I joined too late to do that. So at the beginning of this year, they announced the, uh, the, the what they're going to do. And it's called O Canada. So, you know, you want to build a Canada themed build. And... There's, you know, the RA, there's Canada has a, believe it or not, has an Air Force. They've got some stuff up there. They're doing things. Um, but being that I'm now obsessed with 124, like, I want to go and and do this for them. Um, I looked on the internet for what cars were sold in Canada that were never sold in America. How many cars are there? And there really aren't that many. And the one car that came up was Skoda. And I bought that one kit. And it came in, and I was shocked at what it wasn't. <laughs> and I'm going to do my darndest to put an interior into that, a dash into that, steering wheel into that, suspension, like, to, to make that something to show them, like, this is yeah. the Skoda that they wanted, this is the Skoda that they loved. And um, you, have you built it? Have you put it together? Have you seen it? Yeah, so I bought mine at a hobby show, and I think I got it for, like, 
I don't know if it was seven bucks or eight bucks, but they it was already opened, so there was just tape, you know that it was just tape like on one side, and I I remember opening it and I was like, all right, what what's this kid all about? Because I I really like the box art, I was attracted to what? the box art, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, click clack, like what's up with all this? So then I open it. And I go, yo, what's up with the wheels? Like, it's just straight, just plastic, like hard plastic, right? Yep, and, it's a roller. Yeah, and I was like, all right. So then, you know, I'm looking at the body, the windshield, everything. And I was just going like, oh, I get it. You know, it's just, it's pretty, pretty much like a just a roller snap-on type of kit. So then I started to think like, oh, what if, what if I brought this thing to life? Like, I slammed it. You know, I, I gave it, you know, maybe like a, like just like some type of wild paint job or just something, right? To yeah. make it look very appealing. And I remember starting to work on it. You know, I started, I primered it, sanding certain areas and everything. And I, but then I put it away. I just kind of, at that time, just moved on to other projects, but I kept it. I still have it. And let's go. And the other day I pulled it out and I was uh, talking to Brandon about it. I was like, yo, check it out. You know, I have this car. So then I ended up, um, I was building an Aoshima 132 scale car. And I looked at the wheels and I was like, yo, these wheels, let me see if they'll fit this car. And they ended up fitting in there. So I was like, ooh, maybe maybe I got a swap here, you know, like now I could throw away those ones. I got you then. Then, so I'll see you on that. If Brando's into it, I bought from you the a 86, uh, you know, you know, from initial initial D D. that's, that's, those are the wheels. I I don't want to get down that road. Like I, I loved initial D let's go. Like I ran that, like that show was amazing. Mm -hmm. A huge influence on me, the same era, but, I bought that car from you and I didn't understand what I think it says uh, retractable. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what that meant when I bought the kit from you. To me, I thought that meant the retractable lights on the front, like maybe the lights flipped up and down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what that meant, like what I called as a kind of ripstop or friction cars. Yeah. And that's like you load it up and then let, let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, so I took it out of the box and I said, that's really cute. Like, but that's not what I'm looking for. for, for the, if I'm going to put my time into the AE86, I think I should probably go, I'll go 124 maybe. Mm-hmm. But I looked, I did just what you did and took my click clack and said, oh, wait a minute. Here's my opportunity to take my Canada car and make it something cool. I'll make a drift car out yeah. of the click clack. So I have my direction. If you think you have a direction you want to go slam, you get mm-hmm. him. I think that'd be a really cool, interesting, like, yeah, yeah. Collaboration, like to put out there. Like, look, this is, we, we, <laughs> we all came from different corners here. We all somehow <laughs> end up with this kit, but, and this is what we came up with for a result would be really really cool i, I wonder but, if uh you know listeners are, probably know what we're talking about they probably have that kit too back at home how many dozens of people could possibly have this in the world <laughs> i believe it's from yugoslavia or from um czechoslovakia it might be from czechoslovakia oh, is where the kit's yeah. produced watch i'm gonna, I'm gonna text and, you right now as we're talking I'm, I'm, and, I, I found photos of it it's a wild kit, dude. I, I, I'm I'm pleased. I, I I'm gonna do it. I'm devoted now, and you you know to finishing it. Yeah, and what the a challenge. The wheel. I just texted you right now some photos. So so the wheels are the wheels from the <gasps> from an initial D kit. Okay, so you're doing what I'm doing, bro. One, Look one, at this thing. One thirty-two. 
32 scale wheels. So this car, Yo, I don't know if you, is it 124 oh or is it one? No, it's one. It's it's 132. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Because that's what that has to be 132. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm looking at. It's the same way. My wheels fit right under it. What trips me out is the that back door, and the like that was like a that quarter panel, like that back piece, and then there's the bumper. It's almost yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there should it be just clips. Yeah. <laughs> the mirrors are just donkey. Like you've done it. You've 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 ah, you've I, done it. Though. I took I took Damn off the idea. I took off the side mirrors, but I'm thinking of probably putting some aftermarket ones. On That's what the... I mean. Like um, you sell <laughs> just... the, some of the dopest things to just to just glue on there and make it. Oh, gosh darn, that looks so good. Hey, do do it. I'm go well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right with you. I mean, I, I have an idea. We'll, do I'll it. do it. Uh, I'm done. I'm gonna do it dirty, dirty drift style. We'll do it like it's got some uh, berm damage. Like it's hit the it, it's hit the guardrail a few times and the Jersey barrier a few times, and that's that'll be my O Canada. It's Canada's ode to drifting, even though I don't know if they even know what drifting is yet. Yeah, you've, you've solved you've solved a problem for me, which is tremendous right now. Yeah, because when I saw I was seeing you know your stash. In that photo, I was like, th- that one just popped to me. I was like, yo, it gets, I, you know, I don't know anybody who has this kit. You know, No one. That uh, was an eBay, like, diamond in the rough score. I said, I can't believe that somebody actually had the, or even that there was a model kit made from the one Canadian car that Canada has to them that nobody else bought. And I don't even know. Do you even know that that's what that car is or what nah, that's what that I could be? Yeah. I didn't even know at all, man. You just, you just. Do you have? Do you have the um the decals? I think so. I mean, they, I I have the water slides. They're ugly, but yeah, they're there, and I can send them if you don't know what they look like. There was a. Uh, I mean, a lot of the the parts since it was already open and you know like used, they were just like yeah. little baggies. But I think there was. Well, I mean, there's only seven parts total, isn't there? Yeah, and <laughs> and um, I mean, the glass is still there. I, I don't know if I, I don't even, glass. I don't even know if the the front um the headlights are even there <laughs> no you could you'll they're they're pop in if you don't have them they're just like they're literally just pop ins squares of or you know the, you know whatever shape that is there and they yeah. just pop right over those as lenses okay um did you ever see the ups truck that i that i did yes uh-huh that's this that's the direction i'd like to take this is that you oh. know there's supposed to be an interior to that thing let's mm-hmm. build it let's make an interior let's let's scratch build something and yeah. That's what I think I'll put the roll cage. I think I'll put the the motor. I think I'll put the the shifter in there. The the brake and the battery in the rear for that thing. And yeah, because that interior is very just basic, huh? Nothing. Just... I think it's just two buckets, is it not? Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about the like the seats. I wanted to just like cut off the the headrest part and just line up, <laughs> line it up with the, you know, with with the with the windows, like just everything really with low. The sills, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did some of that work to into an older kit where I think it was uh, the Scirocco, and I've got that to a state where I had chopped it, I had it channeled it even. Um, I mean, I stretched it. it. This thing is mutilated to no degree, and I kept the further I worked on it, and I, I think my intention was to go cyberpunk with it. People kept saying, "Are you building the DeLorean? Are you, are you, are you building the, the, the DeLorean?" And and I got like offended every time, and I said, "Nah." And then I realized I needed to lean into it. And I've been waiting to to figure out how to to build that thing to look like a DeLorean without building a DeLorean. And then you go and have, I realize there's those beautiful kits that just came out too from, is it Aoshima that sells that? The, the DeLorean? Back to the Future kits? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they, they carry them. Yeah, and those fly off the shelves. I'm sure I saw those come up real quick. I could have used those wheels or something and been like, done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but, I feel like, you know, a lot of those fun kits, you could customize and do your own take on something else, too. That well, people... that 132U, you mentioned it in a, in a podcast recently, that, that, that these 132s are uh, an, an avenue to something that's that's maybe kind of untouched right now. Yeah, yes. Aoshima's, uh, ex- they've been extending their line of 132 scale builds. Yeah, into some, into some cool kits that people, cars that people like. Yeah, no, they are. Some GT and I got nephews that are up. like eleven and, and nine, and and you know they they've loved cars their whole lives, and I'm trying, mm-hmm. I, I'm exposing them, and I'm saying, hey, here's one, guys, and when you're done, it's done. We don't need to go to the paint booth. We don't need to spend that kind of you know that investment in this. I've given them Gundam. I've given Gundam to probably a dozen people trying to expose them to it. Anytime yeah. a child comes to my house and sees my little that's a gun cabinet that I found on the side of the road that I keep them all in there. Mm-hmm. And if a kid sees one and his his eyes light up, you know, I'll hand it to him. <laughs> take it home. That's for you, dude. Like, take it home, mess with it, break it. It's yours. Yeah. Um, only, and it successfully actually landed once. I I, I converted a, a friend, a local dad, to to the dark side, and he he's buying Gunpla now. And you know, he's been on Amazon. He's been on in real life. There's local shops he can buy at, and you know, the hobby is huge. And I couldn't be more pleased to to expose someone like that. And if his son continues to build right alongside of him, like, let's go. Yeah, I, I feel like with, with like, Gumpla, it's really easy to to get a lot of people, like, into it as an introduc- introduction and get involved. And then eventually, you know, customizing, like, those are, like, those next steps they start to take. And with, but then the, that scene is so huge, you know, it's, like, it's, like, worldwide. Like, everybody in different countries are building. Worldwide. Yeah, and then you know, they, and I, then they have I those, think it scared me. Yeah, man, and then they have those competitions too. That, these guys are insane. Yeah, and it's like it's like holy crap. And with model building, with car building, I mean, I know there's we got the builders here in America, you know, overseas, Europe, you know, Asia, different places, right? But then, but then it's almost like an underground kind of vibe, in a way, you know, like it's not. As far as numbers, I don't think the numbers are up there with like Gundam, well, you know, heads. Well, nah. How about so when, when you go to shows around you, whether it be do you see Gunpla and Gundam as a category in the shows? You know, I've I've been going to a lot more of the car uh, related Specific. shows, so it's just strictly yeah. just cars. But there has been other shows in California where they have various categories and they do have a Gundam section. And there was one show that I did go to some years back before the pandemic that was just strictly just Gundam. And, and I guess it's the only show that uh, is, is uh, hosted in Southern California by uh, those Gundam guys. I think that's, that's the that's name. That's what they're called, of the, their, those Gundam guys? Yeah, I think that's the name of their group. And they organized this event. And, um, and I remember going there by myself, you know, it's, uh, it, it was just like one of those feelings of attending it. I wanted to check it out. I didn't, you know, I didn't like go in there, you know, knowing I kind of knew who was going to be there because of the key speakers, but I wasn't, I didn't know anybody to be like, yo, I'll meet you there and, you know, we'll check it out or whatever. Nothing like that. So it was like, it was almost like if I was in there undercover, you know? Well, did you feel a part of that culture was going to be my next question? Did you have a yeah. connection to it? Yeah, yeah? I, d- I did. Just because my interest was really high on it, 
I was just on anime and in, in general or on robots or yeah everything. I was just like you know going there. I was just like all right, I'm gonna see what this is about and just embrace it. But I'm also very curious as to like what kits do they have, what tools do they have, you know? And Can we talk tools. And oh yeah 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 for sure. Come on, I mean I think I think I've been dodging. We're not dodging, but waiting. Like I I was thinking like maybe he'll ask me like what's your favorite tool you use or. It's just like that, like, cause I'm a I'm a tool snob or like a tool collector or <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure what to say. Like, I I love tools, but the, the the only tool you need is your nippers and your and your utility blades. So like my Ulfa is my number one tool that I lean to. But I do I am I a sucker and do I buy everything Dspay makes? Yeah, and is it necessary? No, and <laughs> it, it but do I keep buying it? Yes, like I, I like being tailored to, I think, in a sense, when I look at my bench and I see those anodized red tools that speak to me and say that, like, I bought those for that purpose. And I know that those are what I reach to when I need them. But do I often use these highly specific one off tools? No, not really. Um, that that beetle that I worked on, I was on vacation deep in Maine and I used one piece of sandpaper and it was 180 grit for the whole entire build. It was CA glue styrene and one stick of 180 sanding paper dang yeah yeah and and i realized and then you know i had to go to 400 etc to smooth it out but like i got so much done with so little Mm -hmm. and was and so pleased that i didn't need all these these special tools and i was at a shop recently and i'd asked to buy some um I need chisel blades. I'm a good, I'm a scribing fan. Like I said, one of the first things you said, what did you bring from Gunpo that you bring into model, to the cars is cleaning up those door seams and getting into the trunks and making sure those hatches lines are clean. So when I fill them with primer and, and paint, they, they still read right. And I broke a bunch cutting open the door, broke three blades. Damn. Yeah. The, well, okay. So I mean, I was cutting the, I had that Aoshima kit and I'm cutting out that, I have that, the dad, that the uh, Honda Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make a slider. So I mean, I'm scribing and cutting. And the very second that that 0.1 blade actually pierced through the material and got binded, it snapped. Damn. And rather than learn my lesson, I went to another blade and was doing some more of the lines because it was, it was doing such a nice job of just cleanly removing material. And you could see the success. You could see these ribbons of plastic coming up. So you knew you were making progress. Mm-hmm. Rather than when I feel like I'm using my exacto blade, I'm forcing and stressing and, and splitting the material apart, which is really not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to separate the material. And I broke a second one. So the, the long story of that is I went to the hobby shop and, and I'm asking for some, some chisel blades. And it's like, what do you need those for? I was like, well, I'm cutting open doors and I'm trying, I want to make trunks and hoods on some cars that are curbside because I don't want to start dropping motors. And, and he showed me just a simple like $8 tool from Home Depot that sharpens your, your blades. It's like, it's called like sharpen all. And you run it through one at one degree and then another one at the second degree. And it's like, dude, you just, just keep your blade sharp. You know, that's your best tool in your toolbox. Just keep that blade sharp and keep going. And I, I bless him for that, you know, like confidence to know like, yeah, you're just you're reassuring me that I don't need a $15 blade to do something that that, one blade will do yeah. with keeping it sharp and keeping and keeping my mindset straight and putting a little effort into keeping it sharp. So maybe he, he's saving me on, on, on in the long run. Yeah. You know, the, have you ever, um, 
heard about cutting or opening like trunks and you know or doors with a with a sewing string no please tell me yeah so um a lot of people have done this um you know that that build like with lowriders cuz i always feel like with lowriders everything's almost pretty much custom you know on the build everyone is going to do their own take on stuff people want to open doors show interiors trunks they want to you know showcase the, the hydraulics yes, this has setup. been my biggest inspiration of this that community <laughs> that you represent is like you look you guys look at kits and go mm, i'll open that let's go <laughs> yeah and then the hinging all that stuff it mm -hmm. all it's all together and i remember um armando told me about it and i had heard about it but i had never seen anybody do it you know so you kind of you, you would need help i mean after you know experience you could probably do it by yourself but it would be great if like somebody can hold the car. So let's just say you're gonna open up, um, I don't know, let's say a, a, a door, right? Okay. From a car, uh, but then the, the outline, let's just, just say the, the whole outline is just, you know, on the body of the car. So you can get like a small little drill, drill out like a tiny little hole in there mm -hmm. and, and fit in the string in there. So then you you know you have your string and you you wrap each end on your fingers, and then you're just you're just uh, following the line you're panel line of the friction door. Friction burning with friction the burning. Yeah, you're just going back and forth, back and forth, like pulling it up and like down. Like a jeweler's saw. There you like go. Your fingers and thread. Yeah, and then and then it's, it starts cutting at point. And there's gonna be sections where it's gonna string's gonna rip. Just go sure, back. Sure, sure. Well, what's he using? He's not like picking out like your mom's sewing needle thread, is he? Like. Um, no, no, it's just just fitting in the string. But you know, like let's say a trunk, right? Like yeah, the the lines of the trunk sometimes they'll go into the bumper, so you don't have to drill anything. You could just put in the string already in there into the yep. line and start and start moving it up and down, and you start friction like cutting through it. No All additive. We're not talking anything. We're talking nah. just back and forth. Just, just heat, just like Boy yeah. Scout action. We're gonna yeah. go through this and, thing. and you can take your time. You know, just just you're just eyeing, eyeballing it, and you're following the line. And and, and um, you know, if he's listening, why isn't he marketed like a little <laughs> tiny tool that makes us? It's like a co it's a coping saw. I think what we're describing here. Right. Why is it not a, a yeah? A I mean, a thread bound coping saw for modeling. <laughs> no, I think Shit, I'm writing. I'm writing it down. I think there has been. Uh, I remember seeing on Instagram pictures of people saying like, yo, I heard about the string thing and I'm trying it for the first time and this works. And they did their own version. Like they got a piece of styrene tubing and and they would just bend it and they just kind of tie in the ends to it. But yeah, it, you, like a little yoke. We're yeah. going to make this. Who, you said it's Armando who, who gave you this? Yeah, yeah. Armando Flores. He... So when we go to Shark Tank, we're going to present this to them. And they're going to say, like, this is our million dollar idea. Let's bring them out. But you you, you got to pay Armando first. Like, that's first off. He came <laughs> sure up with thing. this. We're just, we're just the money man. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do this. is a million dollar idea. Are you kidding right? me? You blew my mind tonight. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you could cut a lot, of, a lot of styrene with just the string, too. But... The thing with that oh, is it gives it it gives it a, a you know a really nice uh, thin you know cutting on there. So going back to the scribing, when when I was getting into scribing with Gumpla, I was using those BMC chisels. Yes, and handles. I mean those at that time they were like very hard to find and get, and they were starting to get pricey. But I ma I managed to get some right, but then. 
you know how they make so many different sizes like below do you want to push chisel do you want to pull do you want to pull or do you want to cut yes yeah so so i started to to be like all right i'm gonna start to apply these onto the cars now so i started you know scribing and and kind of figuring out like yo the plastic's very different you know the the plastic from gumpla is very different from the styrene from a yes car. it is Wow, I'm so glad you said that. That is not the same world. You don't. It does not work the same way. You can't. You can't carve into the styrene of a Ravel kit or an Aoshima like you can a Bandai plastic. Yeah. Bandai plastic's almost designed to to be chewed away and bored into. And kudos to them. It's unreal how friendly and and forgiving it can be. It is. It's very friendly. And so then, as time went on, I realized that you know Tamiya has their own version of a panel line scriber the difference being that the retractable thing the 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 tip it's more of a hook yeah that big the big black retractable one correct um no 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 not that one that's the scriber number 2 okay Th that one that big one, one yeah i would yeah, not have that thing yeah i don't, don't i don't recommend that one cuz it's it's, it's huge. a good box cutter though if you need to open packages yeah, yeah, yeah. for that that's perfect so, for a yeah, car now or from scale riders i should say i'm sorry <laughs> And uh, so, so the uh, the other one that they have, it it's like perfect, right, for the cars. And later, you know, I learned that you know, uh, Dispay has been selling that style of a of a hook. What do they call it, like a brooch or something like that? A brooch, yeah. A brooch. brooch. They're sorry. So they have their version, and they also have various uh, sizes. Push chisels, as well. Yeah. So. If you know if you if you're using the display ones and they have that little hook, you could use that with the cars. That's what I'm saying. That's what I use to carve out my doors. But the split second that hook pierces through the plastic. Oh, I got stuck. It it's it, it, done. It just snaps it clean off, and then your your whole brooch is done. You're done. And you gotta toss it out. So that's when I went to that shop, and I was hoping he was gonna sell me some. You know, give me some twenty five dollar. You know, these those aren't cheap. I don't know whatever they could be, especially at a local shop. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. I fancy. I I enjoy a good hour travel to a shop that might be local enough to me to to see what they have in stock. And you know, it, it, he was the one who talked me out of spending money and and talked me into this this sharpener. And it actually has been. And you know, I, I use a sharpener, a honing stone for other things. Why why wouldn't that apply to just our utility blades? Mm -hmm. um, I can of course we can all change our awful blades every seven cuts if we wanted, but that's not you know economically sound or safe or you know what have you so let's just sharpen it let's just use that tool um i also have to I want to shout out bob smith industries like number one if it weren't for ca glue i don't know that my career in, in model building could work yeah they're, they're awesome i remember when i got in contact with them uh wanting to to you know stock up on their on their glue yeah uh, how'd you get to brand this shit uh, with them well i was tripping out on the their contact number because it's the same area code as mine and I was like 805. I was like, what the hell? You know, I looked them up. Where are they located in California? I didn't even know they were in California. So then they're like, uh, they're not too far from where I'm at. Like in north, a little bit going up north. And I was like, oh, man, this makes even more sense. You know, I got to get them on, you know, like to, to sell their stuff. So, I, yeah. I, you know, I just started making phone calls. And I spoke with someone there just telling them, you know, I want to start selling your glue. Like I have a business and the dude was super nice. And I, and I just told him, I just threw out where I was from or whatever. 
And he's like, oh, cool. You know, he, he knew where I was from, like the area. So then um, he just, you know, wanted to know, like, how many do I want or what? And I just told him quantities. You know, he sent me my forms, you know, whatever requirements you need, you know, business license and all that stuff. Got all that sorted yeah. out, the paperwork. And with within, you know, within hours, as soon as I got all the stuff, he processed everything quick. And I would say within like two or three days, I already had the package. And I remember telling him, hey, so, you know, do you want me to send you, you know, how can I get my logo on the bottles or what's up? <laughs> and he's yeah, like, oh, he's like, oh, don't worry about that. I got you. You know, it's it's part of the deal. And I, I was like, all right, do you want what? me to do you want me to send you the. The, you know, the artwork, the JPEG or PGF, you know, yeah, what do you need to all that? <laughs> Should I just email it? He's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I already have it. And I was like, what? So then I was a little worried. I was going, oh, man, I, I wonder how it's going to look. It's going to be pixelated or, or what? Because they're small little labels, you know? And you get a complicated logo, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, it showed up and it was fine. I was like, yo, all this. And I, I'm pretty sure you just went on the website and, or maybe yeah, on, my, on my signature on the email. And he just copied even the website. If you know, you can just grab it from the, the you know information yeah. of what the website's built from. But <laughs> applaud to him. Like his, if it weren't for a CA kicker, like like where would I be? I don't know. Like yeah, it changed I, my life when I saw someone build with that. I trip out on some people when I see they they post the Vossmith industry glue, but it's like in other countries, overseas. Yes, and I'm like, yo, how'd you get that? You know. Well, he'll brand it with anybody. You'll see it branded as All Star something. Yeah, and yeah. Sells it under a bunch of names. But I, I just, you know. I trip out on, um, because you know sometimes, you know, I get orders like, and they want to overseas or to Australia or somewhere, and they want glue, and I'm like, oh shoot, I can't, I can't send glue, you know, like this, this package could get flagged, you know, it could pass, yeah, explosive, or it's gonna get, or it's gonna get flagged at some point, you know. For what explosive? Yeah, like, yeah, because it's yeah, yeah, it's flammable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so I'm like, damn, and it's on the label and everything. You know, I can't be like, oh, I didn't know. Nah, it's on there. Yeah, well, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was baby powder. <laughs> Honestly, officer. <laughs> and then, um, like all those, all the items on the site have like the HS code. So wherever you're sending, you know, they have to know what's in the box. Correct. What's, yeah, I mean, what's in there? You know, or all. I mean, they. You know, or else they're just gonna. All right. Let's open this box. Let's see what's really in here. And then they're just going to find yeah. stickers and all this other stuff. Like freebie, <laughs> freebies that they're going to be like, oh, you, Yo, you let's didn't talk put, freebies. You didn't those, put those Hot Wheels you sent me, my there. friend. Do you like those? Those are the touches. Yes, those are the touches that, that keep people coming back. Oh, that's like, cool. I told you that the, the people shop with people they like. Um, you know, some, some people send je jelly beans and some people send stickers, but... Like you, you was that a Hot Wheels swap meet you went to, and you found that thing? Yeah. So you know, o over time, um, you know, I, I've I've gotten stickers and all of these little promotional things, right? That I'm always like, I have my Aoshima stickers. I'm very yeah. Proud I'm like, you know, it started off by just you know anything that was like the brand, you know, of the company. I'm gonna this is free, this is free, but then over time, you know, I re I started reaching out to all these different companies trying to get promotional like swag or whatever that they have. And only certain ones that, you know, I get in contact with, they hit me back. They're like, yeah, we got you. So I started getting stickers and stuff like that. So then I started including that. But then I'm like, all right, you know, I started going to these Hot Wheels shows around my area. 
and that trips me like that's so cool that you have that that's a dude i'm i'm super lucky bro they have one like twice a week every month at a park that's like 10 minutes away from my house and i i I was (laughs) astounded at what you sent me i'm in love with it like it's on the wall i don't know if i'm supposed to open it if i can play with it like if i should mod it like i i I love it like it was it just literally spoke to me and it was something like that said like hey man like he does not need to go these this that extra mile for me but but to remember what i'm into to to, my vibe is volkswagen and you found that thing and thought of me and sent it to me like yeah i appreciated that and you you know at these shows you see so many cars so many different things and every dealer's different you know some dudes are like they're really trying to get rid of all this stuff and some dudes are like you know they're, they're they're um they have collection pieces that they're really you know they're they're hard to find and and you know the that's the price that they're worth uh the asking price so then i just see a lot of different things and i'm just kind of like you know there's some dudes that are like yo like you know i have like 20 of these do you you know do you want them all or you know whatever oh yeah sure yeah so then i I was like thinking about i'm like you know what why don't i buy like 10 or 20 of these right here right now get them off this dude and I'll just give them away, you know? So then it it was it started to get kind of hard to find those larger quantities. So then people would just be like one, two, and then when I seen that one, the the Volkswagen one, I was yes. like, yo, this one's dope. And it's it's a like a cartoonish like mark, a, it's a mark one tune. Like a tuned version. And then I thought it's of so you. Dope. I thought of you and I was like, yo, I gotta get I yeah. gotta get this one. The dude only had one, so I was like, I gotta cop this one. Right. It, it should should I never open it? Like, is that a collector's piece? Is that a limited? Is mm, it something I can like I, mess I, around with? Yeah, I, I think you could probably find it again. I don't think it's I, uh like the I love limited. It. I want to do I want to do justice to it. I want to clean it up. Maybe put some different wheels on it. Like, mm-hmm. I see that one sixty four is blowing up. It's oh, just man. this new this new hidden thing. And you've been you've been putting some effort into those die casts, and I see them. Like, yeah, yeah. You had a recent like um. I want to say it was like a Nissan station wagon, maybe with a bike on top already. Yeah, the Datsun. Like, I was like, yeah, man. like what? Well, sorry, I called it a Nissan. My bad. But like, uh, how how rad that, that that's what they're producing? Something that intricate for you to just open and put on your your shelf at that small scale. And mm-hmm. at first, I didn't understand. And even with Gundam too, some guys collect these um Converge series and stuff that are these yeah. G frames, stuff that's much much smaller. <laughs> And I remember bumping into a guy in the hobby shop and he'd find several of them. And I said, aren't you disappointed that, you know, you don't get to experience like the build and like give the thing a soul because you didn't really. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't understand. I've built them uh-huh. all yeah. already. This is for me to have, like, I've got a girlfriend now. I've got a cat. You know, like, I need some. I, these are my, like, little things I can put in, like, I can have multiple of them and get that like, yeah. addiction done. And I was like, mm-hmm. yo, you just. You really you're making a lot of sense right now, my yeah, friend. Yeah, that's a whole other world right there. Eight or nine cars, and I've got the display cases. Thank you, you know, snacks like influence upon influence. There, like, where am I going to stop putting all these things? You need to start thinking of that. And now, one thirty two starts to make some sense all of a sudden, and one sixty four starts to make some sense all of a sudden because you can produce a bunch of things, and they're not going to take up your whole world. Yeah, you know, talking about the, those Converge uh, figures, uh, I um, the, the person who got me into them um, was my homie Dennis Matthews from Florida. He sent he sent me some some years back, and it was like a, one of those Sazabis because I told him that was like my favorite character. Ah, Sazabi, so, yeah, the bad guys. Yes, yeah, so, you're a Zeon fan. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so you know, it, it's just 
you just basically pop on the arms or whatever, you know, like it's, yeah, that's it, the arm head and maybe a and weapon. That's it. And then later he sent me a Zaku, you know, all these different figures, a, a GM, and um, he he has a big more extensive collection than me, but I uh, I had like a few of them. So then I started to tell him, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a. I saw this dude on a video. He had a, a like a a really thin panel line marker. And he started panel lining, like drawing in all the lines, filling in all the lines with the dark I marker. Panel lines, my converge. Yeah, so I started. I, st- I got my granddaddy on the dashboard of my car at all times. <laughs> That's tight. So I started doing that, <laughs> and then I sent it to him. I was, check it out, and then he was like, "Oh damn, it looks way better. Like it gives you know those, mm-hmm. those lines more depth it or pops. whatever. It pops. It pops so, his helmet, the lines. So then we st- next thing you know we're doing that. We're like sending each other photos. Hey, check it out. Look what look what I'm doing to this one. This is your Gundam, homie. Yeah, yeah. He he also does model cars too, so and and he's into the one sixty four scale scale stuff too. So like you said, it's all kind of like related, connected. Um, yeah, so I mean, I got you on that. So I I do want to give a shout out to somebody that uh, like my number one like cheerleader. I met him through Gundam. We were watching the same AM stream, and then watching a gentleman who was building on YouTube. And I started seeing his names in the comments coming up. So I reached out to him through DMs and I'm like, hey, yo, like we got an awful lot in common, it seems. We're watching the same things, commenting the same things. And he hits me back with, um, you know, one of those animated gifts that you can do through Instagram. And it's from the movie um, Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? And he's like, yup. This, this dude lives in Minnesota. I've never met him. Um, we talk every day, makes me laugh every day. Um, and I call him a pen pal because he's still knee deep in the Gundam world and he's highly interested in what I'm doing and, and keeps me motivated to what to, to be interesting in, in car building. And I sent him recently just the GM Converge and I said, yo, this is for your dashboard. Like I got my 144. Yeah, I'm mean, sorry. I got my RX-78 here on my dashboard. I want you to have your GM. Like you're my, you're my homie. You're my, you're my backup. I want you driving around knowing you have that. And uh, I also sent him. Uh, did you ever build uh, balsa wooden planes? No, I haven't. They they come in like little plastic bags. You know, you you kind of you do snap them out of a little bit. Sometimes they're rubber bands. You wind it up and let them go. Nah, the only planes I ever built was like those ones you'd buy at the from like the ice cream man. They were like foam. Yeah, yeah. So this is I'm talking the same thing. These okay. are they're made of like a but, but, single but the balsa wood. 16th inch piece of balsa wood. Oh, okay. Um, they're made in my hometown. And when I grew up, we used to dumpster dive on the weekends, like in the dumpster and pull out all the broken pieces and you know, make these Frankenstein airplanes and you know, go to town. And I knew my homie had some younger boys, so I sent him one of those things because yeah, just like you said, maybe those don't make it all the way across the country like I think they can. And he said, like, if anything that you've ever sent me, my kids spent the most time with that balsa wood rubber band plane, you know, that you wind up the propeller using the rubber band and you let it go. And it's weighted with like, you know, basically like 11 paper clips on the front of it. And mm. it, it does loop-de-loops. And he was like, why'd you send me that? I said, look where it's built, man, like in my hometown. And I got this homie who, you know, like is my, one of my best friends. And I wouldn't have met him if it weren't for Gunpla. Yeah, the fact that we like to build tiny plastic robots, and that's what we filled our lunch breaks with was watching videos and oh, that's cool. connected. You know, he's a dad of two kids and a homeowner, and 
you know, we chop it up over like the fact that we got to do electrical work on the weekends or trim the bushes. And, you know, I really want to be in the paint booth right now, but I got to go take the girls to dance class or yeah, et cetera. Yeah. You know, like he's my, he's my counterbalance to this, this addiction, this, this hobby, you know, like mm -hmm. he keeps me grounded in the sense that we both obviously love to do it, but need to be that responsible father and still, still do what's important all the time. And, it, that that's that community that that I wouldn't have without Instagram and without YouTube and I want to thank you and I want to thank you know all the guests that you've had in, in my, the the dudes I watch on YouTube you know that that really have made me I am a product of the twenty to thirty years these people have put in and that they put these you know forty five minute videos the, the compilation videos on the internet of how I built a kit and. I get to study it and dissect it and learn and buy these parts from you and, and just glue these things together much easier with, I think, you know, I'm lucky to say like 3d printing is, is available to us now. And I dove into that real briefly and, you know, thinking it was going to be easy and got humbled real quickly and backed right out of that and went back to what I know best, which was scratch building. And, um, it, this is just a, a wild, wild adventure, and I'm just so happy to be part of it and humbled to be to speaking to you, and this, this has been a real pleasure. No, likewise, man. Thank you as well for listening and, and just doing it, you know, like doing what you're doing. I feel like you came in into the right time, you know, even... How else would I have heard, our, you know, these people that you speak to? Armando, how would I have heard his, how he started into this or, or his little tips about, you know, how he sprayed that or, you know, turning something inside out, like you're bringing so much to, to my, to my life and, and to these people that like, whether you know it or not, the community that you're building is, is much larger than you realize. I'm an East coast affiliate to the West coast scale builders. You know what I mean? It's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I know for sure at some point, you know, things are going to change in the future, you know, opportunities being able to go to the East coast or you come out here to the West coast, you know, and I know eventually we'll, we'll end up meeting as well. I, I, I have a goal. You you talk about quite a bit of shows and the NNL and you, how often would you say that there's a car event that you that you guys make it to in Southern California? Mm -hmm. I mean the they're kind of spread out, but the beginning of the year traditionally that NNL is like that one that just sets it off for a lot of people out here since it's in uh, January. Yeah. And we're still waiting as far as a date for next year. But once that show goes on, um, it used to coincide on the same weekend to another show uh, that was called the Roadster Show. They all it, It's more of a one-on-one scale event, but then they would have like, you know, um, they would host like a car modeling section and people would attend support that as well. Through summer, there's uh, like the SoCal Open. That's like another big show that goes on. You know, every, every year when it's during the summer, it's huge. Like a lot of people come out, bring their builds. And it's very centralized to a lot of the modelers in the Southern California that are closer to the L.A. area. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, in the following months, um, after that show, there's like, Sprue Fest, there's Orange Con, there's all these ones, and you know, on top of that, I'm I'm pretty sure now, you know, 
that COVID, the pandemic, you know, hasn't shut anything down like it did back then. I'm pretty sure like those Gundam guys will also have like their Gundam show as well. I'm knocking on wood for all of that right now. You know, so, so there, there's still like stuff like I know there's one more model show that I'm aware of in November that's out here yeah. that I'm not too far from in Southern California. And uh, I have such a, a desire to see another, you know, side of this, this, you know, community that. I think January in heading out and seeing something like that would be just a trip. I've, I've been to one show and I got another show coming in in September that I'm going to go to. And the opportunity to meet these, to meet people who build sci-fi, to build armor. Like, like I said, I'm an IPMS member. So we build everything from planes to tanks to Gundam to dioramas to busts, you name it. Like that's an opportunity to meet all these people, to learn techniques and to, to, to learn, to learn. And the last, I, I that show was seven hours long and it could have been 70 hours long. I don't think I would have had enough time to talk to everybody. <laughs> and I don't know of a direct car show yet that I can, that I, that I could attend and I'm an unaffiliated, you know, yeah, no the, club member. The, the one person I'd probably, well, I would most definitely connect you with and recommend if he's ever hosting the show again, I'm not sure because, you know, because I think a lot of people got affected with their shows that they would host, you know, with the pandemic. Uh, but it, it, it's a Vision 124. He's out in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know with his club, Diversified Scalers, they would have an event, you know, before the pandemic, they, they, were, they were having like every year a show, a show for many years. And... If anything in the East Coast, I know he knows a lot. And then there's also that one in Atlanta, the Acme show, that a lot of people tend to go to as well. Um, I've never gone to it, but I, from a lot of guests... That where's I've, that Vegas atmosphere? To, meaning, like, where's the trade show? Where's the big one? Like, where's the one that everybody wants to attend that would be the wow factor? Yeah, I, I think the... East and West, where we're all meeting together, and that's just it. Is it the, the yeah, Nationals? Like, like, like is a, it... Like a central area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, I, I don't know. Maybe it's tough because I, I would say maybe like Texas area because there's a lot As of... As a vendor, do you have your own trade show? Um, No, like, I mean, as a, as a vendor, I mean... I've, like I've, how, do you get, how do you get versed on what everybody's bringing out for the next year? Just as they send out pamphlets and information parsed out? Yeah, I mean, so, some places do pass, they still pass out flyers. Like, they print them out and they put them at stores. But for the most part, there's groups on Facebook, you know, that are dedicated to just posting, like, shows as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and once in a while, you know, I'll get an email or, you know, or a DM. Like, there's no SEMA for the for the car model world. There's no um, E3, that would be another reference that I would use, mm -hmm. you know, like. Where you, where everybody for the industry is bringing their best, they're bringing their newest, and you come in Vegas at the straight show, and we all get together. Yeah, I mean, there definitely are some shows like that. In um, I haven't gone to them, but like in the in the Vegas area that they done, and then there's this one that's gonna be in May as well. The I think it's the G the GSL show. From from what I hear, I think that's probably. Like what you're talking about, like the, the huge one, you know? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like if I'm going to make a trip, I want to bring, you know, yeah. well, let's make it something special here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, but from most of the model builders I know that are here in, in Southern California, um, 
you know, they some of them do travel out to other states, but for the most part, I'd say they're probably just more grounded here. Yeah. Going, well, can I ask you, what's it like being from like a state where you can't possibly drive from one end to the other in one day? <laughs> like that's I, I hear you talk about this with people. And you mentioned like San Diego, people having trouble making it to see the shows. And I was like, what that's fucking wild. Like where I'm from, like I could basically throw a stone and hit a different state. Like yeah. it's not hard. Like you mentioned, like I can drive the East Coast up and down, like in one day, you know, it gets to New Jersey and back. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> it's wild. I've never been there. It could, I, to comprehend the distance between Northern and Southern California is hard from somebody from boston massachusetts let's say you yeah. know the most congested and tightest you know packed in place you can imagine yeah there, there's i mean like from where i'm at to go to like let's say san francisco what's considered like northern california it's like a right like a five-hour drive going up up the state and it, it is doable it's just you know you you have two roads two options you either take one road that's gonna cut through all the cities, and it's gonna take well, you. the scenic. Yeah, more scenic. It's gonna it's gonna take a while though, cause you're just zigzagging, you know. Or mm-hmm. you go through like a back road. It's just basically you get to a section where it's only like maybe two lanes, and you're just it's just a straight shot, and it's all you're seeing is just dirt and like mountains. Like there's really no beautiful scenery. I mean, it's okay, <laughs> but then once you get into the northern you start to see the agriculture and everything you see green everywhere then it changes right those are those are like the two options going up um and then heading out to san diego it's not that far it's probably like two hours drive but now you're driving down like down the state uh still south but you're just it's just going down and um you know where i'm at right here like in the LA area, there's a lot of traffic in the freeways. Depending, yes. you know, it, it just. You've been there forever. No, I. I mean, I. I grew up like an hour away from here, and where where I grew up, I was closer to the beach. You know, like as a, from a kid, to you know when I moved out, I want to say what like, I don't know. I've probably been living there like you know thirty six years or so. When I when yeah. I left that area and i mean i was just used to five minutes away the beach is right there and and it's not like like i I go to the beach all the time but it wasn't like i'm going to the beach like in shorts and like putting a towel down you know none none of that (laughs) (laughs) no nothing fancy the the beach the the beaches that are where i grew up it's cold it's dark it's windy you know it's like you're you're going to the beach in jeans you know, you're wearing you're wearing a sweatshirt, like a jacket. So you you fit in right up here, man. That's, and, that's me. And um, yeah. Once in a while, the the sun pops out, you know, and it's there, and it's it's sunny. But then again, like it gets very gloomy. That's the thing. It gets it gets super uh, gloomy. The you don't even want to go in the water. The waters look rough. It looks cold. It looks very like like the waves are just hitting really hard. And um. And it's then not you know the Malibu lifestyle, like everywhere you go. Nah, it it's because of yeah. the the way the the wind, like the curve. Yeah. Of of the the because like in that city, when you're facing the ocean, it's like it's coming towards you, like like hitting your face, let's say. And yeah. when and when you go to like let's say Malibu, Santa Monica, you're facing. It's almost like 
you're turn. It's like you're turning sideways. I, I'm looking sideways at a map now. as you speak about it. I see just what you're referring to. Yeah, it's like you're, you're turning. Look, you're turning. It's like you're looking sideways now, and and yeah. it's almost like the the whatever's gonna hit you is gonna hit you from the side. No, so the waves are a little more calmer. They're a little more chill because of the the direction of the water, right, and the wind. So what I used to hear is that some of the best surfers that came out of like you know Ventura County where I was going was either like Ventura, Oxnard, because of the waves. They were very aggressive, you know? And then... you learned to push the gnar. Yeah, and then, the, you know, a lot of stuff, the gnar scene, all this other crazy stuff. Yeah. And then... Bro, so, you know, you, 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 you're talking surfing, but, like, what about, like, Mount Tamalpais? Like, you guys have, like, the birth of mountain biking and, like, everything out there in California. Like, the, the legend that I've built around your state in my own head is just... It couldn't I don't know if it could ever live up to it. It's just outrageous to me how lucky you guys are with the topography and the the, the opportunities out there. Yeah, I mean there there's a opportunity for everything, you know. But I, I feel like I'll, I'll, at the same time though being around it, it's almost like take it for granted as well, you know. Um, so sometimes some people you ask them when do you go to the beach, and they'll be like, I haven't gone to the, I haven't even stepped foot in the sand in five ten years. Like they just won't go. It's weird. Or the yeah, mountains, like you know? Was... Like like back then you could do a two hour drive into the mountains and there was always snow. And now there's like rarely any snow or no you know. Oh, come on, let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> it's crazy. But my homie my homie flew my homie moved to Cal to Colorado mm -hmm. and I flew out to meet him. And I remember flying into Denver and I said and I was like, dude, where are the mountains? Like this is flat. Like what's going on? You know, we got to drive into the mountains. Cool. And we maybe drove an hour and I started, my, my, you could hear my camera in the back seat going uh, crazy. What are you doing? I'm, I'm like, take pictures of mountains. He's like, dude, those aren't mountains. Those are called foothills. Oh, and he's shit. like, just, just like, hold on a second, please. Uh -huh. And we drove like another 45 minutes and he parked the car. And that was the first time in my life where when I looked straight up in the air, it was just sheer cliffs to the, to the sky. And we drove to the top and we were in eight inches of snow. Dang. And drove down the backside of that mountain into Utah, and we were mountain biking in the desert within the same day. Mm -hmm. Like the opportunity again. That's what I mentioned by the opportunities that are that are afforded to, to, to that are out there is just unmatched. Yeah, I mean, there there's so much stuff to do. Like there is, and it, yeah, I I trip out. I mean, I I've been living here for like a year and a half now, and I was telling my girl that. Even though I lived an hour away, I was constantly coming out to L.A. all the time, like twice, three times a week, you know, uh, going to shows, playing shows, like doing different things. But I told her that I knew more of this area at night, like the nightlife. Hey, are you a musician? And uh, I produce music. Okay. When were you going to tell us this? No, I, I mentioned it here and there. like Sure, like, sure. I mean, this is news to me. I mean, I've listened to a lot of you speak, and I've never heard you mention it before. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, uh, I, I use, like, software base, But I also have, sure. uh, you know, hardware equipment that I use. But uh, that was kind of more on my, like, a, uh, another background that I, that I uh, was doing. Another hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, another thing. And um, so I, I would tell her, like, it's a trip, like, I've been in these like these streets, these neighborhoods, or these spots at night, only at night. And now that I'm living out here, I pass by them in the day, and it feels weird. Hollow. I'm like, yo, so this is how this place looks like in the day. 
or now there's people here because I'll be like I remember being standing like or just being right here at like you know at the end of the gig or whatever like two in the morning three in the morning yeah on the, to get home and the streets were dead or you wouldn't Crowds see of people anybody and now there's just like people everywhere you know in the Yo, believe me like I find you just as interesting to find out what you're what you're interested in as, as you made your guests here like that you have other hobbies you, you i i know your parents on a florist shop from what you speak of and yeah you work there and you help the family Flowers. business like that that's a huge that's a huge like attraction to you that you that you obviously have devotion to your family like um you speak of your kids you speak of your wife um again like to, to hear that you're a producer like that that's awesome like it's not we do many other things we have many other facets we are we are our lives are much more rich than what we present just on instagram to people like yeah, it, it's a trip too because like with uh, with modeling, like before I got back into it, you know, I was recording nonstop. Like that was my thing, you know. And it's easy because it's just like everything's plugged in. You just hit a switch. You're every all everything's on, and it's just you're just creating, creating, creating. Right? I'm not sampling anything. Everything's being created from scratch. And and then when I started getting into modeling. You know, I took a break from from recording and all that. And then modeling just took over from 2015. It just, like, took over. And then now, where I'm at right now, like, you know, this is, like, 2022. I still yep. talk to all my friends, everyone who makes music. I guess we still talk about stuff. I check in on them. I see what they're doing. You know, even though I'm not recording, but I still, like, you know, bounce ideas or recommend, oh, this is how you could do that or whatever. So then now... Like, I know that if I get back into it, if I step into that world again, to just to record, I'm going to have a whole different mentality now because it's like, I know that I've grown, like I matured more with the, I know the music's going to mature, but then it's going to be a little bit more, uh, a little more intricate, but I already know the, how important it's going to be about building that foundation the same way as building a model car. You know, yeah, like, are you going to approach your, your style now differently? Are you going to organize yourself differently? Yeah, way different. Yeah, because, you know, I, I've conversed it with my friends and I feel like back then, you know, it was like you were just expressing yourself and the the direction was just all over the place, you know, and and it was just, I don't know, so, some stuff like. I tell my friend, like, I, I still like some of this stuff we like that I made, but then some of this stuff, I don't even want to hear it. I just feel like it's outdated. I feel like it's like I was like a kid, you know? And if I could, re yeah, I relate in the sense that I've been in the tattoo game now for 22 years since I was 18 years old. Do Damn, I love that's dope. the tattoo that I got when I was 18 <laughs> as much as I do today? Yeah. N no, no, I right. don't. But each one of these, I remember who I was with, um, they then tell that story. I took a break for 10 years from tattoo, getting tattooed, that is, meaning like the idea of coming up with an idea, sending him a drawing or working him collaboratively, et cetera. And then to get back in it now, I have a family, I'm married, I have kids, and my tattoos now have taken a direction that are completely different. That, thank God I didn't waste my body when I was 20 years old on a senseless direction that I might not be even followed now. And again, I was motivated and I, I've gone every year now. and. I have my kids' faces tattooed on my hands, something I never thought I would have done. And they're like of my proudest piece, pieces of artwork that I wear on my body. Like, I didn't have that 
15 years ago to tattoo, you know, I would have gotten, you know, hard love, you know, who knows what you get on your knuckles at that point when you're an angered, angry young kid. <laughs> but yeah. I luckily stepped away and I, I, I got to grow and then come back into this thing that I love. And now I'm coming at the storytelling on my body from a point of view that like, yeah, like this is my honeymoon spot. This is my child's drawing. This is my child's name. There's our dog or, you know, these, these tell these stories you want to tell. And I'm telling them through my body and through my artwork. And, you know, I, I can that to you, you, you sound like you want to get back into producing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know I wouldn't want to like get, give it my all though. Like as far as dedication, like, because I, this is everything I'm doing, model building, you know, the the online store, the podcast, like this is it right here. Like this is like my thing, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I feel like anything I've ever done in my life, like when I give it my all, like I'm going all in and I, and I like the transition how, you know, of growing within. And, and when I set a goal, I feel like I, I end with patience, I'll reach it, you know? And I feel like if, if I do dive back into music, it's just going to be just for myself, just to get out of my system for a moment. But I'm not going to have them in that mentality like before, like, oh, I'm doing this because I have a show coming up or I'm trying to get booked or this person is asking me for music for like a placement ad or something, yeah. you know, like now it's like, I don't know, I, I still follow the scene, but the scene has completely changed. And I feel like based on the so have you though. Yeah. Have you not changed in the same amount of time? No. Yeah. It's like, here's the thing, though. I, I, like, back then, when it was like, let's say, like, 2008 all the way to, like, 2015, right? You, like, even going back, because I, I originally started as, a, like, just DJing, like, music, before producing. Yeah. And I remember when I started DJing, I would play stuff that people would find obscure and like different or whatever. They didn't even like it. And I was like, damn, you guys are in my head. I was like a little bit like I trip out that you guys are so stuck on listening yeah. to top 40, whatever the it's radio's so playing. That's all you listen to. That's it. You guys don't even dig for music. You don't explore it. I tripped out on that. So then I realized I'm not, I'm not really a DJ. Like I'm not a traditional DJ. Like I hated that whole like thing. Right. I was like, I'm into this whole other vibe, digging for records, finding the new sound, this new thing, introducing it to people, you know, all this stuff. So then little by little, I started to find my scene. I started to find like-minded people. And then we started trading like records, like, hey, go to the rest record store, all this stuff, right? Very like yeah. underground thing. Eventually, you know, step into like 2006, started making my own music, whatever. By the time I reached like 2010, I started getting gigs now more of a performer. Like we want you, we don't care what you play, play whatever the hell you want to play now, because everyone who's here wants to hear something they never oh, heard. They never heard before. So you would do full shows of your own live music. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just play sets like 30 minutes, you know, or 40 play minutes or, or, you know, and, and he, he would either, I would either play my music through Serato, like with turntables or, I would play it through my software-based stuff. So I would I would have either or, because if sometimes the venue would be like, oh, we don't have turntables. All right, don't trip. I got my yeah. setup. I could still play. Or you DJ 65 Lokes? Who are you? Nah, Who are you? 
Nah, well, the the the, the alias was Esgar, E S G A R. So like my Esgar. name Edgar, but I the D removed it and I put an S. I love it. And um, so then during that time, you know, you you start like making all this music or playing all this like different music, right? It was very forward thinking music, like meaning it was electronic, but it was like way ahead of its time, right? Like, no, I'm not, and I'm not just speaking about, my, I'm talking about everybody who was in that scene, right? Pe- all these producers who I looked up to and I still look up to, like from 2000, like basically from 2000s all the way to, to 2015 were way ahead of their time. All the music they were making, right? And people still didn't get it. People were still like so behind, like what is this stuff, you know? Yeah. And then now, like, I want to say, like, since maybe 2000s, tw- not 2000s, 2020. 20s. Yeah, yeah, I figured you meant. Now everybody's into, like, oh, I'm into crazy stuff. I'm into, and it, it, it's kind of funny. I, and I, I tell my friend, I trip out. It took a lot of people 20 years to catch up to the stuff that was being created 20 years ago. So, like, right mm-hmm. now, if you, if you, you know how everything's reels, everything's videos. Everybody who's yes. putting yes. up a, a video, right? Even I do it myself. Like, we're, every time we're going to pop up a video, we're trying to find a track, right? From a, the hottest producer, the whatever remix. Yeah, because it gets your views. It gets your clients. Right? Yep. And, and, but, but what's happening at the same time is people are now being exposed to a new sound, right? Like, oh, I like this. I like this. So I've noticed that even in the car scene, uh, like the import scene, there's a lot of um, this like 8-bit distorted sound and they play like a loop vocal loops in the background that you don't even really can understand what the person's saying it almost sounds a little bit like bone thugs and harmony like yeah like loop right and it's very catchy later i'll I'll try to find the producer i think he's based out of la that stuff sounds hot right right now it's dope but a lot of a lot of that stuff was done years ago years ago a lot of the stuff that people are finding like yo this is sick it is sick but it's regurgitation like from dudes that had already been doing this. Like, I mean, but isn't that what you were doing by digging through crates and finding your and, records and spinning the old to make it new? Yeah, no, and and that's the thing. Like when I was when I was buying records, I was like, I was this is before I was producing. I was just playing re- like tracks of stuff that I liked. Like I'd be like, yo, this this record's dope, right? Play it, and then other people would play their stuff, and you'd be like, damn. It got to the point where a lot of the DJs were like, now like, all right, we love this stuff so much. Now we have to figure out how to make this stuff because now I want to be a producer. <laughs> so then everybody started doing, now everyone kind of geeked out on producing. It's almost like 3D printing. Same thing. Oh my God. Same you thing. took the words out of my mouth. Same, Go ahead. Same concept. You know. It is the same concept. We're, we're, I am a... we're, we're buying the, the model kits that are already made, done off the mm-hmm. shelf. We're, we're building them and then we flip them our way, right? To present them at a show. And then next thing you know, it's like we get to the point where we're like, all right, I'm done with, with buying these kits. Now I want to wanna learn the software now. I want to be the artist. I want to be the creator of this new car, a ghost car or whatever, you know? Same, that car is in the back of my mind. Same thing, dude. Same thing. So then... Um, you know, but you, you dive deep, like, you know, with music, with anything, you know, you, whatever you're into, even, even, I bet you even the tattoo scene, bro. Like it's, it's so it's deep. Everything has its like thing, but it's, 
it's it's it is you know that 3d printing scene and you've talked about it you've hit it on quite a few of the podcasts lately i bought one i tried that scene and i was all excited i I follow some of the people that we know iceman makes it look like it's you know you wake up out of bed and these things just pop into your hands and i went to it with like a you know a schoolgirl's added you know like gleeful attitude like this is going to be easy i'm going to click my buttons on the computer and send it over to the thing and the the thing was going to make and it's going to be fantastic and i quickly realized that there that there's a learning curve and that is a hobby all into itself that needs to be respected and time taken and was not for me i'm now fully on board of willing to pay those yeah. gentlemen for their expertise to produce those things for me like it, it's not easy like that mm-hmm. i software was the easy part for me I have, you know, college degrees in computer animation, and this was not hard to get used to it. But sending it and setting up that printer and knowing that your print your surface was level and that you put yeah. the piece of paper in it, <sighs> wild. And thank God for Jeff for Amazon. And I, I you know, I, I I did a couple of test prints before the thirty days were up, and they were genuine fail army, you know, stuff. And I boxed it back up and sent it away. And I'm just going to lean on, you know, scratch building, mm-hmm. which is what I enjoy. And, yeah. and when I need those motors and thank God for, for, for Iceman, like now those Aoshima kits and that Fujimi kit that didn't come with the motor makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I get it now. I can then put whatever I want inside or I can buy that motor quite easily that really was intended for that, for that, that car's motor and, yeah. and go to my heart's desire. Like I, the curbside isn't something we need to, to, to use as a, as, as a, a bad term like i got kind of heard it kind of tossed around like those are you those are the kits you just kind of spend a weekend on and kick it aside because it doesn't have all the details but <laughs> yeah it... I, I look at those as the opportunity to express the exterior or the interiors you know like if you're not a motor guy like i've, I've never been interested in exactly digging into how the motor works i i would rather spend the time um i hate to use the phrase pimp my ride but you know like I want the interior where I spend the time in the car to look nice and to feel nice. And when I look at my car, I want it to look nice. I don't necessarily need to go driving by people all that fast. So I, curbside was, was, was is something that I, I, I latched onto recently. And I, I want to make not a dirty word anymore, more of a thing that we, we use as pride and as an opportunity, as an open window, as a canvas to, to then do what we want from. Yeah. Because it didn't come with a motor. doesn't mean the kit is any less, important than that Tamiya, you know, kit. And would you know that holy grail, that really, really nice all inclusive kit. Mm-hmm. Because the stuff that came in these these kits that I've been building lately are just have been blowing my mind the attention to detail and the interiors or the you know that I never would have expected. So you know, let's the three D printing can be done by those who who have mastered it and can provide it and help us make us better. Nah yeah. I always feel like diving into something like that at least a year, dude. It's going to feel comfortable and be into it. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff for me that I've, whatever I've gotten into, it took at least a year to finally wrap my head around it, being able to at least do something. But then it still took more <laughs> more years, you know, to get it to where I'm happy. Like, where I'm like, oh, all right, cool. That's, that's got to be a relative term, though, happy. Yeah. I've been working at this for just over a year now. And you know, if it weren't for Gunpla giving me immediate results and immediate satisfaction, I don't know that model building would have been quite the success it is. You know, I have that same story a lot of us have that when you were like a 
14 year old kid, you had that one kit from the hobby shop and you had the little tiny testers tubes and you attempt to pit, paint the exterior using this tiny tube. Little did you know that was for detail painting, never for exterior. And I, I thought, you know, this, this is an impossible task. Nobody could ever actually do this stuff. That's not real. And I didn't touch it for another, you know, 15, 20 years. And Dang. That's a long time, yeah. Well, th there was a, th you know, what's really funny is that where the hobby shop had opened in my town, on the very same street, about three doors down from where it was, was one of those epic hobby shops, like a Norman Rockwell painting hobby shop, where it was four times as long as it was wide. The model kits went from floor to ceiling. He had them, you know, just behind the counter, on the counter, in the counter. You barely could see him behind the counter. And it was owned by a guy in his late 80s. And he and his best buddy sat out front of that store, you know, on the wooden bench, you know, 90% of the time, just, you know, chatting. You know, you could have painted no, no more of an ideal Americana picture than that AAA hobbies, you know, this old man. You know, and I used to go there to buy like whoopee cushions and magic tricks and do remember buying one kit from them. But that shop closed and, you know, as time went on. And like I said, my story is fortunate that, a pretty reputable shop happened to just open right there in my town and I get to support the local shop. I support you. And, uh, that's about it. I don't go to Amazon for anything anymore. Um, I want to keep supporting those who I think are truly behind what the community and what this culture is about. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, it, thank you. It's fun, dude. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's fun. Even, even when, um, when you're not building, you know, you're still breathing it, you know, you're still like living it and all it's on your mind. And, all the time. and if anything, you know, you're still chopping it up with your friend or, you know, you're looking on Instagram, like there's just so many different things you could do to satisfy that, that need, you know, of, uh, of model building niche hobby we have. Hell yeah. Do you feel like our hobby is big sometimes or small? Do you feel like when we talk to some of these people you have that, that I consider celebrities, do do we realize that they are or they aren't celebrities in our own right? I feel like they are. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of people in the community, you know, that like you said, like a like a celebrity that that is you know recognized, noted, and everything. I I, I feel like they're they're there for sure. I mean, within our scene, definitely. Uh, but I feel like you know, obviously, people who aren't part of it aren't going to know but if you tell them like if you talk to them and you tell them like hey that dude right there you know he happens you know you kind of give them a brief of who he is or what he's accomplished well, or that's, done. Been, that's been the most fun of your podcast is listening to these gentlemen speak yeah and then going to their instagram feed and then going to their youtube and learning who they are and what they've come from and realizing that i've just been given these nuggets of, of information these lifetime lessons for free that I never would have had the opportunity to hear if it weren't for the collection of people you're bringing together. And that, again, that's, that's the thank you to you. And you, you need to realize what you're doing for us. Like you started, I think as just a low rider scene, right. But you've now you're into those new, new plats. You're getting into racing cars. Yeah. Getting into some... I'm getting into like everything, dude. I know that maybe, I don't know, later in the year, next year, I'll be into some other thing, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I remember having a conversation with, uh, vision 124 with with uh, george and i was like hey yeah so like what's your like what are your favorite cars or what's your favorite genre or what 
And it was it was hard for him to answer that question. You know, he he couldn't just say like like these are my cars and that's it. He was like, dude, I'm a fan of like all cars. He's all that's why too like, you know, our club it's called Diversified Scalers. Like we're we're into like every everything. You know, and he just he was telling me about you know he he started to speak about every different style of car genre. So then I was like, all right, all right. So then now that I'm kind of like exploring and dabbling into different things and geeking out with people about stuff, I think about him and I'm going, man, like, that's so dope. Like, George was just talking about this with me like a year ago or two years ago. And my other friends telling me like, yo, check out this car. And I'm just appreciating everything. You know, I'm appreciating everything about the cars. And then, you know, I started going down rabbit holes. So when you go to buy kits for your site, is it what you're attracted to? What's available? Like, how do you, because it's obviously an investment that you have to put out first. Yeah. I mean, the benefits from, so you're not willing to just go buy one of everything or five of everything. (laughs) Things need to sell. Like, and I make jokes about direct marketing and I don't, I don't mean that indirectly. Like, you know, your customers buy things that, you know, your customers are going to purchase from you. And they're gonna come back to you for that, and I mean that a hundred percent of the time. Like, if you've gone, you've done the legwork for me and tracked down some stuff that I'm interested, dude, let me know. Send me that email. Drop me that link. You're gonna get the Venmo payment in, you know, minutes. <laughs> yeah. You recently got in those um the the Volkswagen decals. They're they're like I don't know, they're 3D printed, whatever they are. They're metallic looking. Oh yeah, those metallic. I said, yo, ones. I need those, and you said that they're the quality on those is outstanding. They're three-dimensional. When you put them down, they look like they're actual badges on cars. Like yeah, those are that nice. was for me. Like I couldn't believe it. Like they, again, you've sold me several products now that were honestly like just in time or just exactly what I needed. And I know I could go on other sites and explore the wild, the wild west that there is, but I know I'll get overwhelmed and I allow like your curated selection of products and wires and what you know that you're exploring as well to be what's exposing me so that i don't get overwhelmed i know Mm -hmm. that you know like there's there are plenty of other places to go but i choose to 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 use you as my barometer of what we're what we're using now where where is building right now are people focusing on engines are people getting interested in more liveries and really getting those cars to look like something that was actually racing you know be darned yeah. what's under the motor. You know, you're really going for that look, that 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 on the on the race course look. Um, and that's those new news. I'm very interested in some getting one of those soon. Like, like yeah, those are those are I nice. Don't, I, I don't know anything about them. Are they like made by just one guy in his in his house? Are they a big company? Like, yeah, it, it's a. I want. I would say it's a big company. Um, and you know, I, I believe. Those are coming out of Japan. I mean, I could be mm-hmm. wrong. They could probably be coming out from like Hong Kong. But from from what I follow, I follow them on on Facebook. They're, I mean, they're they are active. They're Eastern. On, yeah, they are active on Instagram and also um, Twitter. But their Facebook seems to be the most active, up to date, like where they're mm-hmm. posting weekly, you know, um, on things. And once you start going back to those older posts you start to see you know all the older car that they've previously releases um, a lot of interactions with people and how long have they been in the game 
You know, I, I'm not sure, but I know I, I probably three years ago when I started to see their stuff around okay. and, and before, before the shop, like I, I would see their stuff here and there and, but I wasn't building any, any of that style of cars or anything like that, you know? Well, there's just this intimidation factor from them, the sense that they look like, um, almost as if, you, as if you're buying like a resin kit, a Jimmy Flintstone or something where you mm. know there's a certain level of investment in getting that kit from what he sent you to finish. Like, do you have a vacuum form? Are you making your own glass? Are you, are you, are, do you have to take it to that level? But yeah, now with new, the, new... these are fully, yeah, all the, everything's there. They, they do sell photo etch on the side, but I would say, like, let's say if uh, a new new kit um, is probably, it's up there with like Aoshima and like Fujimi. But um, some of them have more detail. For mold though. quality, you're saying, right? Yeah, like, like some. Yeah. yeah, some of them I think even have like engines and different, like more detailed Do parts. They? Yeah, it's just. Well, they're they're priced up there with like the Tamiya. Oh, top they're yeah, dude. They they're... want they want the money and. And, and it de it depends who you get it from too, because there's a couple of distributors who sell them, that I can get them from, and one dude, I don't know what, well, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. I'm thinking, man, they must have cases of them. No one's buying them. They're, oh, really? They're, they're what you're saying. It's like they're wholesaling them at the retail price. And I'm going yeah. like, dude, what? like, am I, I mean, right? Yeah, I'm like, are these going to be marked up in the hundreds? Like, yeah, like, are, are these nah. limited edition? Do I not know something? Yeah, like, nah. I'm like, nah, these ain't, like, ain't. Yo, that's, that's half the game that scared me out of Gunkla for a while was the chase mm -hmm. and the cost and the the clout and the, yo, I caught this P Bandai and oh, yeah. I, I couldn't keep up with the Joneses in the sense that, and, and it became like, if you didn't have this new kit, you weren't going to, you weren't part of the top game. And it, it was weird. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I know you're laughing, but like, we it's all know true, the box art clout it's, is real. Like, it's true. Yo, look at these seven kits I went to the store and bought, but like, yo, are you going to build those for us? Are you going to show us what you're capable of? Like, dude, I didn't, I didn't know about the P Bandai stuff until my friend Dennis told me about it. He said, because I went to a store and I was like, hey, I saw these kits and the the box art wasn't even colored. It was like a brown tone. It was tone. all grayed out. Like, what is yeah, this generic like stuff? There was like a brown or a green or a red. Green. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what's up with that? He's like, oh, those are P Bandai. I'm like, all right. So I started looking. What's that? I started looking <laughs> it up, digging, right? And every, every time I would come across like posts, like you could tell I was like status, like fools were flexing. Yo, it's got this fucking one extra gun or yeah, something, and they and, charged me sixty-two extra dollars for it. And I was like, and I got a little, I got a little annoyed by that. I was like, dang. And then I remember I was like, all right, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna buy my first Master Grade like P Bandai. I want, I want to see what it's about. Oh shit. Okay. Right? So there was this one. It was like a, uh, a GM. I think it was an RGM. And yes. I gotta, I gotta I look. You, man. I gotta look for a photo, dude. But it was a master grade, dude. That thing cost like a hundred bucks. That kit. And what did it have over the fifty-five dollar regular RGM? Well, the thing is, I think that version. I I don't think this version had ever been released. I I want to say because it, he looked different, like his head. Like there's certain the visor was different. The or... visor, the weapon, it, like a lot of things, like add-ons were different. And I was like. I think that's what made me, you know, pull the trigger and get it. I was like, I want to, I want to, I want to experience it, whatever, but I'm not going to go online and flex about it, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't posting on any of those communities. I was following them. Yo, that's what the but... Gundam community became, though, for me, was that, like, these, 
a lot of people weren't building. They were just showing me their, their, their cops and like, yo, I got this, I got that. It's okay. Let's build that. And I tell you, it got ruined for me when I pre-ordered something mm-hmm. and it didn't come for like six months. Oh. And then you, you would see the influencers on online building theirs, or you'd see some people in Japan building theirs. And I'm like, yo, like you told us this date. And he's like, yeah, but that's a loose release date. And there's a part of my personality that can't handle like truly paying for something and then never receiving it for eight months or it's just like innocuously mm-hmm. in the air for how long. Yeah. And it soured me on gunplay. And I really believe at that transition time is when I went on to realizing that I did have value to bring to cars. Like just because I'm not going to be the race car expert engine builder, I do have a story to tell. I do have interest in silly cars. Like a lot of people think that Volkswagens are, you know, a joke and you know, little grandma cars and not, not to me, they were, that's how I grew up. That was the scene I was into, you know, water-cooled Volkswagens and to see that there's kits upon kits and love upon love. And there's a couple of builders that I follow that are Volkswagen, obviously dub heads. And I like every single post they do. I am just a cheerleader for these people. (laughs) And that's just it. Like, you know, before we sit, the last thing we say is that like, if I can bring anything to this community is my positivity for this is I genuinely enjoy seeing what people make and are blown away at their ingenuity, their creativity. And I will, t- I will stand and champion anybody's work. So, so to anything, like there's no room for judging anybody on anything. Like, Nope, you tried, you succeeded. Like I'm proud of you. That's amazing. And yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, that's what it, you know, that's what it should be about, you know, cause, um, I, I always love that about even like the skateboarding community. Come on, Cause, now, slap the deck. Because you know you see you see dudes skating like on videos, right? And they do a trick that's like hard, right? They do a handrail, some stairs, like just something that looks super sketch, but they bust out and they do it. And it's so dope to see when they bust out that that like even and even let's say that if they attempt, but they don't get the trick done. Um, their homies are still cheering for them. The whole park. You hear people slapping their decks yeah. along the rail, yeah. making sure that you're heard, man. We we see you. We're watching you. Yeah, Yo, yeah, yeah. I said to you recently, as a matter of fact, you showed that you were obviously motivated by um, AE Rev. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. So and yo, he. I bought some scale from you too. I've I've got two or three sheets of carbon fiber. I've got his the applicant for it. He makes it look like, you know, nothing. As easy as as can be. The easiest thing you can do and he inspired me to try it and i mean I, tr- I failed like left and right like and then i saw you have such great success with it and you posted it and you were proud and, and i said to him i see you dude and i know why you're doing what you're doing because you saw that guy's lambo you saw that guy's interior <laughs> you see what this guy does like on a day in day out basis with this carbon fiber weave it's on crazy. top of his cars not it is not crazy he is he is <laughs> right a, a true inspiration like it is I, I've done some small, small pieces with that, with that stuff now. And like, there are much in, in, he does, he makes it, he's folding it over and he's stretching it and pushing it with his tools. And he really makes it look like it was, it, it is part of his, his being to do it. And I failed, I failed a lot stuff sliding and pulling and sticking. And those were experiences that I don't, I don't regret like ever having to learn. Like I, I did the same thing you did. I saw his post. I thought I could do it. I bought the products and I went to it with like that. He can do it. I can do it attitude and was humbled quickly. 
and to see you succeed and to see my other friends succeed when they do a dashboard or I send a console in it, in, it, in that weave and I know the struggle they went through. Like I get so happy. And I, I, again, like there's no room for negativity here. Like we, we both know that there's people out there that they only want to clown and troll. And I just, I just can't see the room for it when it becomes, this is our hobbyist guys. This is what's supposed to bring us peace and happiness. Like, yeah, that's it. That's true. Like, the generosity you showed me is the generosity I show my friends when we go out there and we succeed and we build, like, I just want to pay it forward. I just, I just love what this is bringing for me and to me and to want to continue to give. Yeah. That, that's one of the, the things I like too, about, you know, that like diving into other genres, different styles of cars is because it, you know, if, if I, if I wouldn't explore either, I would have probably never dove into ever trying to do like carbon fiber decal. You know, I would have never, I would, I would have, probably you know for sure found a reb and started following him but I, w- I wouldn't be thinking about putting carbon fiber like on an impala you know no never it wasn't <laughs> what you saw it wasn't like in yeah. your wheelhouse yeah oh, wow i think i could do that and and um, who wasn't recently talking about carbon with you that said that he's he he looks at carbon as a utility material rather than a beautification material so oh yeah rough Mm-hmm. and like Daniel. that dude he was like punching me in the face like i was like wow this guy makes so much sense to me like yeah carbon is a is a material is a is a resource yeah or yes you can make beautiful bicycles and you can make carbon body body parts out of it like <laughs> he then brought me to the path like just because i did it not cleanly does not negate the fact that it's carbon fiber so mm-hmm. it, yeah the piece he... that i have that it was crazy. He, he, like he changed a lot of like a lot of perspectives on things that I, the way I was looking at it completely for me. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Like he, t- a, I have a paint mule of a lowrider that I'm working on that I've had from it's an Impala that I've just been tinkering on, and I tried different techniques on that, and I did some carbon on the roof and it failed, and so I painted it gloss, and I did carbon on the dashboard, and it did and it stuck, and I felt bad about how it wasn't perfect like his. But when I heard him describe how carbon is laid, and I know how carbon is laid in strips and layers, and you know it's not always clean. You're, you're trying to get this lightweight surface. You can excuse away the imperfections by saying that was a scratch-built dashboard, like that was in someone's you know garage. They were laying those carbon weaves. That's what it's going to look like when they're done. Not everything's perfect, guys. Yeah. You ever I... heard of Wabi? You ever heard Wabi Sabi? Wabi Sabi. Where have I? I have heard. Like, All right. Uh... So. I'll leave you with that too, is that I carried that from early woodworking techniques and skills that I was learning from people is that mm-hmm. it's a Japanese phrase that just basically boils down to being okay with the imperfections and handmade things. You're going to blow it. You're going to make a handmade bowl and the lip might not be 100% level. And you know what? That's okay. Because that tells you that that bowl was handmade. You're going to blow a glass a hand, and there might be some bubbles in that glass. And in that culture, they, they, grew to admire and appreciate those small imperfections that, are, that that show you that somebody made that rather than a soulless machine. And I watched a guy spin a bowl on his on his out of clay and gorgeous, like very large. I would say it was 20 inches across at best. And when he was done, he took his finger and he dented the rim of it on purpose. And then he scooped it off and put it to the kiln to dry because he wanted someone to know that not a machine built that, that a human made that thing. 
So when I look at people's cars and I see those scratches and those glue stains and whatever, I, I love that. I want to hear the story of how you got there. Like, yeah. how did you, that, nothing's wrong. We're always succeeding here, guys. This is, this is artwork and this is fun. Like, Damn, it's crazy. It's okay. when, when you said a wabi-sabi right now, I was like, I heard this term before and I just did like a, a right now like a quick little Google search. Yeah. And I, I have, I have this vinyl record from this one artist. He's like a contemporary, like instrumentalist artist that works with like, like a group or like not an orchestra, but puts out some, and he did, he, he made it this album that I have and it's called, um, Wabi Sabi. <laughs> so I was like, Oh shoot. It's pretty dope. I'll have to shoot it to you. So you can, is it jazz? Is it like, it, it yeah, it, it's somewhat, it, it's somewhat jazzy. And, uh, and it's, but this, every album he's done, it's, it's a different influence. And this is, uh, like a Japanese yeah. influence on this, uh, I get it. on this album. I just sent you the cover. Gonna, so I just saw it right it. now. I'm going to vibe to that tonight. Yeah, like and, um, I, I roll through a lot of things with that. Like when I make furniture and I work on things in my house, even like I celebrate the fact that there might be a small mistake or you see a hole or a gap or I got to fill it with something. And I say, Look, I made that. Yep, that's not perfect. It's okay. And I try to remember that with scale modeling and, and try to remember that I'm not going to be the gold medal winner. Like you're having fun, you want people to smile when they see your work. And it's okay to fail. It's always okay to fail. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yo, it's so here's something dude. They used to I have a nickname that was given to me that either I'm proud of or not proud of. E, what is it? And well, my name is Tim, so they call me Tim Tim. And it's always an account of that I gotta do everything twice. You can tell me not to stick the penny in the light socket because you're gonna get shocked, but I didn't learn until I stuck the penny in the light socket. <laughs> like every lesson in life I've had to learn the hard way. doesn't matter if you told me that you can't do that. It's not going to work out that way. I have to throw my head at the brick wall and learn that it's not going to pass through it over and over and over again. So I've come very accustomed to failing. Like always. Like you're, you're not going to be good at something the first time. Just appreciate that you got it done. doesn't matter that it wasn't as good as that next guy. And Instagram can be hard to chase those those ghosts, if you would, that these guys are like a rev. Like, I'm, I don't think I'll ever get to that point, but I'm also not. That's not my focus, but he can be my inspiration and my muse for wanting to use carbon fiber on my next build. And I love that he's there for me. And I love that that's that's what he is excelling at and mastering at. I have no desire to be better than him or, you know, anything like that. It's just these the people that continually produce things that make me want to make new art yeah that's tight yeah and then also you know knowing that you know he's he's available like you could reach out to him and and he's gonna he's gonna help you out because i mean that's the one thing i did too i got to a point where i was like all right i, I i'm a little lost here you know and i'm just gonna i need to ask the pro I need to find out, you know, the the God, like, yo, like. So you talked to the wizard and he responded. Yeah, bro. And he, he went, that's he the went. golden ticket to Instagram. And he went beyond. It wasn't just like a like couple sentences. It was more like, yo, video, everything. I was like, what? I wasn't expecting no video. And uh, we just went from there and he broke it down, you know, because, yeah, I, I messed up some sheets, some, you know, cutouts and yeah. stuff. And I didn't know, dude, I was like. Are you making templates? I mean, are, yeah. you, are you shaping? Okay, right on. Yeah, you got. You have to. It's definitely. But I was messing up the templates instead of putting the tape behind the the carbon fiber sheet. 
to cut off. Stop it. I'm putting it on top. That's what I was doing. Yeah, me and too, dude. I'm going to do it. And I remember dude, when... You I, just blew my mind. And when I would peel off the tape, it, like, it would You're be... taken past the vinyl. It would be, like, faded. The part you of the, damaged the whole I, I was, surface. I was like, damaging the sheet. I was like, shit. And then he told me... And I was using the yellow, like, Tamiya tape I thought was, like, super soft. Like, I thought yeah, I was doing the right the, thing. The so tape, we got to reverse all our templates? The tape I recommend for you to use is the Tamiya 40 millimeter tape yes that big oh, i roll. got it baby because boys yeah because that that tape seems to be a little more delicate compared to the um like a 10 millimeter six millimeter you know do you rub it down onto like do you put it down on your cutting mat first and then apply it to anything you're doing no as no. a way to like sort of remove that first layer of stick no i just straight all right, all straight right. just put it on the it doesn't leave any adhesive behind it's... i mean i bought my infinity you know um cutting guide recently from you oh yeah yeah mm-hmm yeah. And like that is a necessity for cutting arps, you know, if you want to do, you're starting to do fenders and things like that, yeah. you want to get those clean. Those, I was putting the tape directly onto our kits and then taking my exacto and cutting away, you know, relieving mm-hmm. what I wanted to paint, which then obviously puts a, a groove in your body that you don't want. And paint sits in yeah. that, and so then when I realized that, yeah, I got to be carving them first on on the board, and that infinity board has the answers for me, has all the arcs, has all the shapes I needed, like. Perfectly. I mean, I thought that was part of the key was to maybe take some of the tack away by putting it down first. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, if you're telling me now, nah, like, I mean, I'll go. Yeah, no, no. With, with those tapes, you could just straight just cut it off the roll and just stick it on. Um, but I got to reverse. You tell me re- flip my template and put it to the back side of the. the scale yeah. So so what you're going to need is uh, the 40, the 40 millimeter tape. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. also going to need like a like a lead pencil. Or, uh, or maybe even a, a regular pencil. Um, what is it, number two? Or sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The school. old number two for you. Yeah, have a bit of school standardized number. test again. Come there on now. Yeah. And then, Fill uh, in the bubbles. Sharp, sharpen it. Like, you know, make sure it's sharp. But let's just say you're using a mechanical lead pencil. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you, you have, let's say, a, a piece that you want to shape. Let's, say, let's just say it's a bumper. And you're going to carbon fiber the whole thing, right? If the thing has like contours and like little, you know, bends or whatever, or like little things inside of it, you're most likely going to have to do like three pieces. It's not just going to be one sheet, like one piece, one whole piece. He makes it seem as if he is shrinking as if when you watch people do vinyl wrap on car and they take the heat gun and and he's like making it. Go, I, I, and I know he's going to be if he's listening he's going to be like nah dude that's not what it is I'm cutting individual templates like you're saying so like I, I bought the, the uh, Fujimi uh, Thule roof rack kit you saw from my minivan right mm-hmm. yeah. my, my initial goal was I wanted to carbon wrap the top piece of that Yeah. I wasted the entire sheet of 125 of, of, of scale of, of trying that mm-hmm. temp- and I, but again I was templating tape right on top of my stuff like an idiot yeah. like because I just wasn't thinking clearly like you're expressing it now like obviously yeah. you don't want to ruin it's, the top uh, it's like I'm looking at the photo of it right now so let's say if I was going to do that piece I know what I would do is like I would get a piece of tape and I would layer the, like on the side like I'll do the sides yep. first and then as one piece all the way around is a big one unit like or two separates. Two separates. So let's okay. let's just say you do the the left side or the right. You know, you do one side, and then I would get my lead pencil, and I would run the the pencil on the edge of like where the the bend is gonna be from the top to the bottom, and and I'm just basically, I'm just tracing the edges with that lead pencil, running it across the tape, 
right? Onto the, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when I remove the tape from the, from the piece, I have a complete outline from the top and the bottom and the sides, let's say, the edges. So back then I was telling him, also, now that I have this outline, do I just get scissors and I cut it out of the tape so I have it perfect? He's like, no. He's like, you can leave it like that. He's like, just now just, you know, stick it onto the back of the of the sheet of the carbon fiber sheet now go yeah. now go back and do the other side so now we put another piece of tape oh, on the other side does left become right yeah yeah you do you're doing oh my god and then, and then and then you get the other side you know and then you you yeah. uh you trace it and now you know you layer that one like next to it or whatever right so yeah now, yeah so then and then you go all right now i'm gonna do the top part so now you layer a third piece of tape on the top portion, but you see in the front part, the the mid like the front part it's like smooth, but then you go to the back and it almost looks like it kind of the indent. Yeah, yeah. So so now what you're gonna what I would do is like I would do two pieces. So I would cut a piece for the front, lay a piece of tape, outline it with the lead pencil, lay that one down. That'll be my first piece. Yep. The second piece would be the back part. And you might have to do another piece for that indentation. So, what about matching the weave? So that's the thing. So now, so now we got our now we we lay everything on the back, right? We cut it all out. Now we have all our pieces. So then you say, all right, cool. Let's let's set up the 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 front the side one. You set up the sides, and then you're gonna layer the top. So it's kind of tricky because. Um, when you're connecting the top piece, you're not really like saying like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try to connect this to the sides because then it sometimes it's it's going to be impossible, right? Like it, like you're going to be like, because it's a scale model, you know? Yeah. It's tough. So I have to assume that's why sometimes he runs that like sixth or that eighth inch or three, three eighths inch, you know, seam through the middle of his car, a racing stripe, if you would, mm -hmm. where his diagonal seams are meeting. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if he's doing, yeah, like, the hood or the top. Yes, and yeah, yeah, exactly what I mean. All mm -hmm. the way down the line. That could cover up maybe uh, a lineup that could be a little off or something. Or maybe it is matching, but if you look really close, you're going to still see where the cut was made. Right, we call that the grace period. You need somewhere to just have yeah. a breathing room. There you, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's cool, the grace period. All right. So... So yeah, dude, like, you know, you would layer all the top. All you want to match is like, let's say if like the sides, if if it was two pieces and they were going to go side to side, then you do have time uh, in the space to like line it up. And because I remember doing that to some, some pieces where it was a little complex when he didn't, when I didn't know anything about it, I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Once he broke it down on me, I was like, oh, it's all in pieces. And it, it just... But I was like, but still, I was still trying to wrap my head around it. But Do they he, blend and mesh when you lay one sort of yeah, cause you're, very close to the... You're moving it around. Sometimes you could even like kind of over layer the other just a little bit. Yeah, that, we were talking like microns here. Yeah, they're yeah, going to lap. Yeah, you'll be fine. And um, and I bought their solution and it worked great. I mean, it, 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 it softened it up. But I thought he was able to, like I had said before, vinyl wrap things. I thought yeah, he was thinking so... these things. So I was trying with like, soft brushes or even like um i forget what they call but like just anything that was rubberized to try and 
forcing into these gaps and yeah. just breaking and tearing so, and yeah so the way you do you do with the gaps because he was telling me like i was doing side mirrors right and i was like yo how am i gonna get this to to shape to the to the side mirror and he's like, like marks mark softer all day long like yes what? so then he he's like all right put the micro like you know you put the micro sole no micro set the blue the, the, micro set, yep. the blue one and then mm-hmm. he's like and then do the micro micro sole the red one right after and i've noticed when i as soon as i like i'm in position and i put the i started hitting it with that red one all of a sudden like you could tell it starts to stick it starts to kind of like take its shape right but still it's not enough so in my in the room my girl my fiance has a little heater like this little heater fan and i'm like yo this is perfect you know, so I turn it on and then I just kind of within a distance, with the distance, kind of I let some of that hot air hit it and and it starts to wrap up more like all those little areas. And then I pull it away and I wet it a little more with the micro sole and, and yeah. then and then bam, hit it again. It's a little bit of heat. But from far away, because I'm afraid that it's going to, like, rip up the... Yeah, the we can talk about me maybe sticking heat sun, tips <laughs> under a heat lamp and melting them real quick, yeah. not, not realizing. And, um, and now, and then I'll look, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, what it, what I just saw is, like, magic, you know? So you're saying, the, does the heat sort of curl it like a, like a leaf? You know what I mean? When it gets heated? It's, you're saying the edges maybe curl under, or they shrink, or... Um, it, it just it sticks, like, it contours to, love it. to, the, right. to the shape of it. To what it is because i i did my attempt at carbon firing the the rims too right oh my god and i saw his example of how he did it and when i saw his example where um, live no 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 he he did a post um on i'm the, doing wheel like a spoked wheel yeah like he uh five spoke or something i imagine he, not yeah. on a bbs yeah he showed he basically shows you like the like the before and after like everything yeah and I was like, "Yo!" Like, oh, is it on the purple, the purple uh, palette? Um. Oh my God, I he's got he he made so. a, he handmade a palette, and then he carbon purple carbon fibered the top of the palette too to like make it you know his post just look yeah and, professional. And, and I saw that, and I was like, "Melted me!" I was like, "Yo, I got I got to try that." So then that's what my attempt to the the wheels on the GTR. I was like, "All right," and. I, I did three of them successfully. The fourth one, I messed it up, but I used I used a toothpick to rub it off, and it, it came off completely. And I did another take, and then I got it going. So I was like, "Where's that skyline kit done or set aside?" Uh, the the GTR, it's still chilling. Um, it just needs to be clear coated. I need to clear coat the body. Uh, I was waiting just because there was a couple other pieces I wanted to carbon fiber, and and I wanted to wait because I know I was gonna change my mind like. You know, I was going to be like, oh, about what you, yeah, the like, direction. Yeah, like, oh, I want to do this now to it. And before I start clear coating, because once I clear coat the body, I'm also going to clear coat the, all the carbon fiber parts all together mm-hmm. to have that all like out of the way and done. And then I'll move on to like the next, you know, phase, like gluing on the stuff, the wings. And and um, then later, we're going to motor the in that thing. No, I, I pretty much glued the, the hood shut. Yep. Um, I was just like, you know, my th- what I got out of this build was um, doing some of the the carbon fiber parts to it, and then you know it's a, it's definitely a, a, gonna be like a curbside, you know. But the the carbon that's not a dirty word. But that's the, not a dirty yeah, word. Yeah, nah. But the carbon fiber w- would be like the thing that that Pops I it. Yeah, I'd be like hell yeah, like this is 
Like, this is what I love about this build right here. Last of all, what's your minivan, though? You're not your minivan, the micro van you're working on. Yeah, well, I have the the, the high ace one. The high ace, yeah. Yeah. The that, Hashi, the high ace. That one's fun. Um, that I've one. Been, I'm attracted to utility vehicles. Like, I'm, I know mm. people build race cars and, you know, all that stuff. And I love my Volkswagen, but for some reason, there's a trash kit, trash truck coming from AMT. I can't mm. wait to buy that. Yeah, yeah. I've I, seen I, that I, like, pay homage to nah have you seen the brand new one they're doing i saw on round two they had posted. yes okay round two just released yeah okay good 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 like a few days ago that's sort of a big deal like all we could get up till now was that surfer one from the 70s where like they kind of tuned it and put a dude in the back with his surfboard and like i wanted a legitimate trash truck to like paint up and, and rough up and grime up and pay homage to those dudes who do that work that not all mm -hmm. of us could do yeah um and then when i saw your highest i thought you were doing your scale riders like your your vending truck like i'm I'm coming boys i'm coming to the yeah, show yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely um slap some like decals on there on that and some other stuff but i i've I just i'm just getting down to uh like the the wheels the kind of i was gonna use the wheels i've shown photos with but i'm gonna actually <laughs> yeah, switch, yeah. switch up wheels my friend uh casey slowly models he yeah, actually slowly. Uh, he designed um like this face for this this hoop i'm gonna use for the wheels so once i get those then um by then i'll start painting it painting the car i don't know i, I like taking my time with these builds right now because i'm just like enjoying them and um like the whole process because i'm i'm just like i know i could rush through them but i'm like you know what i'm kind of enjoying just kind of sitting back staring at them Yes. Uh, when they're primary. I'm glad you're saying that. Like that, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to to chase that that ever producing vibe that you need to have on Instagram. Like, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with. So you have what I want though, are those work in progress boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you've got that high ace just chilling behind a plexiglass screen, not collecting dust, like just chilling in that beautiful room of yours. Like, yeah, I need those in my life. Whenever those come back around, those need to come out again. No, yeah, I, I definitely need to get those. Yeah, those little boxes. Yeah, they were cool. they're they're a good concept for some, especially like me. Like I told you, I think mm -hmm. I have seven other projects that are in. Yeah, I was even status. I was even thinking like, man, if if I could stack up like four of them, or you know, six of them like side by side, like three and three. Yes, I would. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, no, that's like that. you. You're you're exactly you're in my head right now. What I see on my wall, so that my motivation or I get mused or I get inspired and the kit's just sitting there accessible. You see some of the accessories you put on the top shelf there. You assembled most of the assembled kits on that lower part. Mm -hmm. And I'm obviously speaking to that larger one that I've seen you have. Like, that's a really cool thing. Like I've wasted, wasted. I used, as you can see air quotes, money on, on hobby drawers and accessories and stuff like that, that, that we all need to have, but something like that makes sense to me. Like, it cleaned up your space and mm -hmm. then yeah. you're constantly reminded and you're constantly refreshed by it. So it's, it's in the back of my mind constantly and I've searched and I'm not going to pay for it to come from the other side of the world at this moment. You know, like it's, I don't need it that bad, but I, I envy your space when I see you show it off like that. I envy like the, the vibe that your desktop has in relation to that beautiful unprimed MDF. Like it's a clean, sterile environment and conducive from wanting to create. Yeah, no, nah, man. I, I wish I could, like, just spend the whole day working on stuff, but it gets hard, you know? The baby, everything. 
But when I get the time, though, whenever I have like an hour or two, it's uh, I enjoy it. You know, is that is that desk your space? Is that what you're building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything right there. I, Are that, you meticulous? Like, do you have a little OCD? Are you cleaning it like? Um, like no. Nah, I mean, I I put I I clean it like when I'm done. Whenever I'm done working, like I put everything away, just because I don't want to leave stuff around for the baby to just kind of reach over and grab. Sure. And you had mentioned you had mentioned being inspired by Bill's setup. Yeah, dude. And I love he, seeing benches. Yeah. I love I love seeing like a lot of like. Yeah, you want to see what, how people are are spending their time, how they're relaxing. Yeah, what, because what, we spent. Yeah, you know, it's it's a trip, but those are areas where you spent hours, you know, so many hours. Hours. In there, yeah, but yeah, I, I I love it. I noticed. I know you were showing off those uh, the wheels coming up from white chocolate. Oh man! And yeah. it was sort of just like a sushi restaurant to me. Like that was about like I. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I know. Like, I know it's a cheesy reference, but, like, that's, that's, that's what it looked like to me. You you rolled them out, and they were on that hard wood, and it was all up close. And I was like, yo, is that his, that's his, I think his building space? Yeah. That's clean, as, that's, clean as, that's clean as it can get. Yeah, that's also the packing table, too. That's where I... Uh, that's where you put, do all our orders at night? Yeah, yeah. Once, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm... If it's a night that I'm building, I'm building, and then if I want to do both, then I'll build a little... Put Yo, will you away. give me some inside information? When do you send out? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I try to do it like every other day, so either like Mondays, oh, yeah, it's Wednesdays, not, it's not Mondays. It's not, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. You're multiple days a week. Yeah. I love so, it. Like, but it, but consistent. Yeah, it just depends. It depends too. Like what, man? The other day I was tripping out. There was uh, an order that came in, and I was just done packaging, and and it came in, and when it arrived, I was like. Oh, oh, damn! Like I have this stuff right here in my room right now. Like I could just put this together right Fill now this order. and ship it out right now because I'm on my way to the post. And then I was telling myself, "How about I just package it real quick right now and I try to like set a little record or whatever." And um, I got the stuff packaged, and everything. It was like seven minutes. Like Jeez. I got the order in, and within seven minutes, I was already packed, and I was already getting in my car and taking off. Yo, you remember me asking you how many people were involved in the business? Yeah. I said, like, how many people you got working for you? You're like, yo, it's just me. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's you, me, and Shopify? Yeah, just you, right? And um, and I remember dropping off the, the package at the post and just tracking it, right? Like, later. And sometimes those fools take a while to, to scan it. Yeah. Like, you know, because, you know, they, they receive it. But sometimes they, they take a while, and then, and then yeah, it, it got scanned or whatever. But I just was very curious to see, like, how long it would estimate for the guy to get it because I was... I mean, I am as far as I can get away from you as possible, I think, right? Like, I'm your worst-case scenario for he, wa- he ordered it Monday. Does he get it by, let's say, Friday or something? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and it happens. Like, you make it happen, dude. Um, case in point was my when I needed that windshield from you. I was like, yo, I opened the kit. My windshield was cracked. Can you get this to me by Friday? And oh, yeah, I remember. And spades for me, man. Like, the show was Saturday morning. It arrived Friday evening, you know? like That's nuts. Was slapping it in. But that meant the world to me, dude. Yeah. Again, like, you, oh, you've, right earned, you've, you've earned a customer for life, someone who's going to support you for those efforts that you make. Like, oh, thanks, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Yeah right back at you dude this has this has been a, a real pleasure for hey me man this has been cool i think um 
Yeah, it's that time. We 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 yeah, should. Yeah, we, we talked up forever. This has been. No, nah, this was dope. Right? This was this was fun, man. But we'll, Yo, we'll so t- before before you go tonight, yeah. go to bed or whatever, whatever you're doing. I'd like you to send me a link to something you produced. Oh, okay. Uh, got it. Like you got me, you got me spinning on the fact that this is told us out of you that nobody knows. Yeah, so, I'll send you. Know, you only, uh, I have to a, let people know. Yeah, I'll send you a link because I do have stuff yeah, on SoundCloud. You. So you're open. Like I don't know why the opening to your podcast isn't produced by you. Yeah, I used to. I used to. Put in like some of my tunes back then. Good, good, good. And then I, I would and maybe also... when you do this one Friday and you're when you're recording, you're putting this together, you're, right? You're editing it, maybe you put in something from yourself this time. Yeah, cause uh, and then there would be there would be homies that I'll be like, you know what? Let me let me throw you on too, just you know, the showcase kind of vibe. And um, but then I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta just like stick to one because I kept switching up too many songs. You know, I feel, yeah, because yeah. consistency is key. Like, you know that the, the new tune is hit. You know you're listening to when it hits in. Like, I know that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I yeah. love it, too. I just, I appreciate you filling out more of who you are, man. Like, you're more than just your, your business. You're more than just your family. You are more than just your models. You know, you're, we're all very, very unique and full. Yeah, no, thanks, man. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a link Share, so homie. you can check it out. Well, thank you, bro. Thanks for... Well, thank uh, you for everything. I'm being in touch weekly with you, as always. No, yeah, yeah, well... It's it's always Everything. nice, man, chopping it up, keeping in touch. So and I, again, I just, thanks for everybody that you bring towards to us and allow us to to, to listen to and to learn from. Awesome, man. You know, yeah, I know this is a lot of effort for you. You do this, you know, for us. So thank you. Hell yeah, man, for sure. Well, thank you, man. Um, have a have My a good pleasure. night. Um, yeah, it's gonna be morning in about two hours, man. The sun's coming up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting in this window, looking at the looking out the city. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You should send me a photo later. <laughs> the, I, I, you know what view. I'll do? Is when we're done hanging about, I'll show you exactly the construction I'm looking at here in Cambridge. Yeah. And uh, you understand where we're at. Like Awesome. Night shift, baby. Third shift. Hell yeah. Well, I, I, I just like sent you the link right now. Hopefully my, the music will keep oh, you yeah. up. It, I'm going to so, be listening to homie. All right. Thanks a lot, Edgar. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. Peace out. Cheers. Thank you. Peace out. Bye.